BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for episode 100 of the Gypsy Tales podcast. Uh, If you follow us on Instagram, you would have seen that I was kind of like throwing out the idea of doing some crazy big episode for uh, episode 100. And basically, all it did was stop me from recording episode 100 because it's really hard to do anything at the moment with all of this uh, coronavirus stuff. Um, I invited today's guest on the podcast after I saw her randomly decide to run a marathon. Uh, I've been following Bridget Bird on Instagram for a while. Uh, She's just a really cool badass chick. I kind of never even really knew what she did, to be honest. Um, But she just always seemed to post cool shit, whether it was skydiving, uh, this crazy gymnastic stuff that she does, um, martial arts stuff. And uh, after seeing this marathon, I was like, okay, this chick's like actually pretty gnarly. Um, And I want to find out what's going on with her. Um, And then I recorded it with her last week and it was crazier than I ever could have imagined, basically. Um, so I was like, you know what, if this ain't worthy of episode 100, then nothing ever is. So that's what you're getting for at 100 of Gypsy Tales podcast. Um, just want to take a little bit extra time here in today's intro, just to give a shout out to, um, not only you guys for listening to this for a little over two years now and getting us to this point, we're in a crazy sick studio. That's one of the best in Australia. Um, we've built a lot ourselves together as the gypsy gang. Uh, and I'm sitting here very, very, very proud of, uh, what we've all managed to achieve. Um, so thank you firstly to you guys. And also thank you to the sponsors of this podcast. Um, everyone that has ever sponsored this podcast is such a vital part of it. Um, our first sponsor was Crush, the uh, bike wash company. Then we got SLD Surfboards, shout out to Steel. Um, and then we got uh, hooked up with the guys at Boost and then uh, Rob and Ash from Nobby. We just created such a great family uh, of sponsors that essentially backed us um, and then helped me create content for you guys. So, um, if you're like, obviously these guys can't just sponsor us for years and years and years. Some of them, uh, come and go, but they're always such a huge, huge, huge part of this story. And I'm so, so thankful for all of the brands that are involved, um, with this podcast to make it happen and keep it as free content for you guys every single week. Um, that being said, just got to give a shout out to our sponsors that are on this particular episode, episode 100 featuring Bridget Burt. Uh, just got to say a shout out to the guys at Boost Mobile. Um, Boost is coming in handy more than ever at the moment. 
I've been having a lot of problems with the MBN stuff. Um, so anytime I need legit reliable internet um especially when we're doing the the gypsy gang worldwide podcast that we've started i am actually using a boost mobile sim card in an old iphone and running um the internet and the podcast through the hotspot uh, you can head to boost.com.au um check out their incredible offers they've been a great supporter of this podcast um for a really long time their first episode was the pastrana episode so that goes to show how long these guys have been committed to us uh, and i cannot thank their team enough they are great great people and a great company i uh, also got to thank uh, the guys at rival uh, rival inkdesignco.com and mx store this isn't exactly a motocross podcast um, but those guys are always with us and always supporting us um, as well as sammy at fist um, and also now with uh, Dixon. So you can head to fisthandwear.com uh, and dixonquality.com.au. Uh, you can use the code fuckjace at fist and rampthief at Dixon to get yourself a discount off some of the best products in Australia. Uh, also got to give a shout out to the guys at Macro Kitchen. Uh, I've been on the Macro Kitchen program for I'd say a month now uh, and I've been absolutely loving it. You can head to macrokitchen.com.au. Uh, if you live in the Gold Coast, uh, fresh meals, never frozen. They deliver to your door or you can do an in-store pickup. Uh, and also the guys at Combat New nutrition cmbt.com.au both of those websites you can use the code gypsy gang to get 10 percent off um thanks so much guys i really really enjoyed this podcast it was crazier than i ever could have imagined um i i didn't know what to expect with bridget and i got absolutely blown away with her story she's an incredible person um she's so young and she just honestly has literally like she has the world at her feet and it's really cool to talk to somebody um that almost is like really humble and doesn't even realize how much potential uh, that she has. So I'm excited that she is now part of the Gypsy Gang family uh, and I'm excited to watch what she does uh, over the coming years. So thanks very much to everybody that's made 100 episodes possible and thank you to Bridget Burt for coming on. Uh, I really enjoyed this podcast and I hope you guys do too. All right, Bridget Burt, we're doing it. Yeah. On short notice, <laughs> making it happen. Go. Not much else going on, I suppose, eh? Nah, well, I'm keeping busy. I was going to say, actually, I feel <laughs> like you are keeping quite busy. Yeah, actually, every single day I find, like, I don't have it planned exactly, but uh, every day I've got activities all day. Yeah. Only time I get bored is at night time. Yeah. What do I do now? <laughs> when the sun goes down, you can't be outside running amok. Yeah. Like, I still work on things. Like, there's still stuff to always do. I guess just night time's more of um, a chill thing for me. Beforehand, I'd be training in facilities at night time. Yeah. But, yeah, now it's at home. It's just using the space. Yeah. So, uh, I was sort of half saying before, but I followed you for a while through Ali uh, Hodge's Instagram. And I remember just, like, one day looking at, like you guys through trade tools or something saw your instagram and i was like damn this chick's fucking gnarly like <laughs> super gnarly but to me what was like when i when i reached out and messaged you about coming on the podcast mm. was when you fucking run that marathon <laughs> randomly the other day and i was just like this chick's on some fucking other shit like some other other shit and i was like oh. i kind of need to figure out what's going on upstairs there yeah well 
I guess the marathon was always sporadic because I hate running. Yeah, that's the, at the start, <laughs> you're like, oh, I don't run. I'm going to see how far I go. And I was like, oh, yeah, she'll bust out a cheeky 10Ks. <laughs> yeah, well, um, what happened was uh, I was talking to one of the girls in the house that I'm staying at and she he was saying, I was kind of talking a little bit about what I think of life and mindset sort of things. And she goes, oh, you should read this book. It's called Can't Hurt Me by David, David Goggins. Goggins. Yeah. yeah, and then um, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't really, I can't sit down for long enough just to yeah, read. So yeah. I end up downloading the audio book. Yeah. And so I was listening to it in training and stuff. And then... Which is cool. The audio book, um, for those that haven't listened to it, he reads it as well as the guy that wrote the book for him. And then so they kind of go back and forth and it's like a bit of a different structure, eh? Yeah. So like, a, like it's not just reading the book. Yeah, yeah. And it puts like a bit more context behind things. And yeah. it goes into detail a bit more about certain things. Um, so it was, it was great. I love the audio book. I smashed it out in like two days. Um, but... I'd always thought about it. I've always thought, oh, I wonder if it's possible for me to like run a marathon, but that's just something I didn't really care so much about. Mm. And then I listened to this book and he's saying how he ran a hundred miles on broken yeah. legs. And I've always been a person that's been able to deal with pain pretty well. I don't, I've just, I don't know, developed it, I guess, as a child, just running amok. And so I've always wondered if I ran a marathon, no training or whatever to push myself further than I thought I could if it would be my body that gave up first or my mind that gave up first Mm. so would it be me just being like oh stuff this I don't want to do it anymore or my legs and whatever can't do it yeah um so the plan was just go for a long run um first 10 15 k's so did you plan on it being a marathon before you started I had it in the back of my head but you didn't like commit to it no I didn't commit to it I didn't tell anyone that I was going for a run I just left and then because you like slept in right yeah yeah so you overslept I overslept and then you got up I tell you what I felt really crappy that morning um and then I got a message off this girl that I grew up with uh not grew up with she went to my school and she's just saying like oh it's it's so awesome all the random stuff you're doing and it's like really inspiring and that just like boosted me up and I'm like you know what like fuck it I'm going for a run. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the plan was when I got to the beach, I just saw Coolangatta and I was like, that would be sick to make it from surface to make it to Coolangatta and look back and see. Yeah. That. Like visually, that would be really cool. Like, yeah. I ran that far. And then um, first, yeah, 10, 15 Ks was a bit, I was like, oh, am I really doing this? Yeah. And it was um, a bit tiring. But then afterwards I put on some other thing to listen to. It wasn't music. It was like uh, some information podcast or something. And that just kept me distracted the whole time. And all of a sudden, my um, breath started getting really good. Like, I wasn't puffing anymore. I could start to feel my joints, my hip flexors and my knees were starting to, like, ache and mm. whatnot. Um, and then each beach I got to, I was like, gone further, gone further. Just thinking about, yeah, I can I can get to Cooley. Got to Cooley and then I was like, oh, I've only got, like, 13, 14 more Ks and then I've done a marathon. <laughs> <Only>. Like. <laughs> if I do that well yeah. like I've already done so far like yeah you kind of passed like a, yeah. yeah so once I hit Nick Cooley I was like yeah I'm doing it I'll run to Tweed and then run a little bit back um and the last four k's was when I was like oh come on come on just get it done yeah. I ended up calling a friend and just talking on the phone while I'm running I'm that's like awesome. just talk to me so I'm distracted <laughs> that's crazy so you are the exactly the person that I thought you would be after I saw that like just to say that you know like you've got some sort of mindset stuff going on because to me like with all the filming stuff that I've done and um the different people that I've met through that Mm. 
and a lot of people that I, I still enjoy talking to on this podcast are people that just have that fucking weird gear in their head that they can just do something like that and there's not a lot of well I guess there would be like mental pushback like mm. the negative talk but uh, I've been thinking more and more lately about people that are successful will essentially get to a point of like that negative sort of talk and then it just gets turned off yeah. like there's just a conscious decision that that person stops and they just go forward with whatever it was that they were thinking about and I think when I look at myself I'm a super deep thinker mm. and I enjoy thinking deep I read a lot of deep shit I, that's like I enjoy being there but the problem I've found with that is that you can end up being a person that can um, you just sort of live in like that thought space yeah. and then it's like you can think something through so much that it ends up being like this fucking massive thing that you can't really tackle so you're like okay I'll leave that and I'll do that another time and yeah. then you start thinking about something else and then you just get more into thinking about it than actually doing it and then you don't end up doing yeah. it and I kind of had this thought recently where I was like I feel like people that can do that kind of shit aren't people that are just blessed with not having negative thoughts in their head they're just people that can stop those thoughts manually just like press that button and then just go and do it and then the process of doing it kind of absolves all of those negative thoughts anyway yeah yeah for sure um like one thing is like it doesn't matter what you're doing is a lot of people get scared of failure i mm. get scared of failure all the time but then i'm like if I like nobody knows what I'm doing half the time like if I fail no one's even gonna so the external's not there mm. I don't have that pressure from thinking oh these people think I'm gonna fail or whatever yeah um so then it's just like I'll just try and see if I can and then once you start it's, yeah that's when it's easy the, the starting the process of getting from whatever you're doing to start that activity etc that's the hard bit that's yeah. the motivational and bit. that's the bit where you can get just stuck thinking yeah and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking yeah and now like just with my whole life um a lot of people have like a bucket list and they're like i'm gonna do that um in my lifetime i want to do this 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 if something for me on my bucket list goes on the bucket list i have to make it happen like asap today tomorrow next week like yeah it's not something oh i'm gonna do that in the future because for me like it's a very cliche th- saying live every day as if there's like no tomorrow yeah, yeah. but literally like <laughs> this pandemic is kind of an example but um it's been horrific the pandemic in some countries but can you imagine if the pandemic was worse mm. and there literally was no tomorrow and we're stuck inside yeah. and we can't do anything or and we have and we can regret all the stuff that we wanted to do we never did yeah so i think if there's like an opportunity for it to happen now if it's on your list to do do it yeah just do it like it's um that's why i've gone like i always thought the day i thought about doing skydiving and all this stuff i'm like i need to book it now yeah. otherwise you just put it off yeah like you plan it plan a date put it in motion and then like it happens and then it's awesome <laughs> Have you always had like this, such a gnarly energy? Because you're like a little person. <laughs> like you're not a very big person at all. But you've got like a fucking big voice, a big energy. Like you, you have like a a pretty gnarly presence. Like, is it always been like that for you? Um, no, it's definitely developed. Yeah, like growing up, I learnt a lot. Um, just with like some 
uh, hardships with family stuff. Yeah. And then finishing school was like a really hard time for me. I had a toxic relationship, was stressed out trying to finish year 12. I'd gotten anxiety and all this stuff happening throughout my life. And then like it was almost to a breaking point. But then once I actually overcame that, yeah. then I started appreciating everything in life. And yeah. I just wanted to enjoy everything and make myself better in any way do more yeah. and just like live <laughs> yeah just have fun cause so what what sort of anxiety stuff were you having to go through then so um like me and my mom had a like really on-off relationship where sometimes i would be at home sometimes i'd be living with friends backs and forth from when i was like about 12 yeah and really then that young i ended up leaving home at 16 Fuck. um at the time i was also dating i just started dating this guy six months in and i end up staying with them and their family um just so i could finish at 12 i didn't want to yeah fall out and then um not have a future that's yeah. what was in my mind at the time i wouldn't have a future if i didn't finish school um so this yeah this relationship was always making me kind of anxious because um one minute my mom would feel we'd have a great connection then you never knew what would happen and just drop the coin and then all of a sudden yeah it was a disaster so it was always like that and i never felt really so stable she had like secure. her own issues kind of thing yeah yeah kind of thing yeah um that's got to be gnarly like i got a friend um well my ads one of my sister's best friends actually but she ended up basically living with this because her mom had bipolar mm. and it was fucking crazy like my heart broke for this girl like eh? because like you know obviously as a girl to be so connected to you know you're so connected to your mum then her mum ended up committing suicide actually as um she was fuck maybe grade 10 or something like oh that my God. and then she found her and then she ended up staying with us a bunch but like man it was so hectic to like and i would i would think about it because i was in the opposite position i had like a, a really good sort of solid family probably like to the point of like an overbearing mm. you know <laughs> mum as opposed to one that like was in and out of your life you know mm. and um and it was just crazy to like watch a situation where this this girl had no choice like it wasn't her fucking issues it wasn't you know anything that she did she was just born into this world with a mum that already kind of had these issues mm. it was crazy to think because from like my lane your parents are like a supportive kind of always there so to actually see firsthand that that's not the case for everybody yeah. it's kind of gnarly yeah yeah and like yeah there's some horrific things everyone has like a past and some have a much worse things just I, I guess it's just what actually I had this discussion with a friend the other day and he's telling me um about the, how he read in a book and it's so true I agree with it 100% so you can have two people and uh, this was actually a true story. Two people in the army, one of their best friends, they watched them get killed. And one guy looked at that and was like, okay, I need to start living life to its fullest. Like yeah. you can just die tomorrow. Um, and then the other guy looked at it and was like, humanity is messed up. Like every, yeah. like how can a, he was such a good person. How can humanity just and like create these wars and hate each other so he ended up having a really negative reaction to it yeah so his whole life was now like oh i don't care about um people i don't want to connect with people uh everyone's messed up the world's messed up and then the other guy was like off living life doing everything and succeeding because he's pushing all these limits yeah 
so that was like that was just an example of how the same situation happened but it all comes down to how you choose to feel about it and mm-hmm. then how you react to it yeah so every single situation in life is like how you feel about it, how you react to it so i think every like a lot of people had um some um sorry a lot of people would have a hard upbringing but it just depends if you're able to uh react to it in different ways mm. so for me like at the time i just wasn't old enough wasn't mature enough to understand so i let it get to me a lot uh and then i compared to some other people that had it much worse and i was reading the david goggins about his yeah. father holding a gun so crazy shit he went through eh? yeah yeah um like i was relating to that sort of stuff but it was never in that extreme yeah yeah extreme level so i'm but like it's all like relative though right because to you at the time it's like that it's ground zero like it feels like as real as it yeah you know yeah, what i mean there's yeah. no you sort of don't have that perspective when you're young because you you've never been in another situation and if something makes is is like objectively bad to you then it's like it's bad yeah same as it would have been for him you know yeah 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 exactly so it's like and then just from that um i don't regret anything now that happened because it made me who i am today yeah. like i'm very independent now I um, am very good at saving money and um, supporting myself just yeah. because I had to when I was growing up. Um, and I seem to make decent decisions. Um, yeah. So all that. And now, like, I've, me and my family have been apart for so long, we've actually created that better connection because yeah. we're not intensely together. Yeah. So I am absolutely happy to say, like, growing up like that made me be able to be strong in certain aspects so i i'm fine with it so then so you think that that kind of energy and like your attitude that you've got came through all of the shit that you had to go through from such a young age i think certain aspects like definitely being independent and not having a stable place so i've always been able to move pack up and move anywhere so those are the bases but the stuff with like adrenaline uh sports and pushing myself to do more and be better at stuff that was just i don't know how that came about that was just kind of self-development step by step by step um that wouldn't i wouldn't say that that came from my childhood but it's just like one thing led to another where like uh, i was always into i became into traveling when i was 14 i did my first trip with my parents to america and then before that i was a little rat at school like i was getting in trouble detention all the time like i was wasn't studying and then i went overseas and then i saw more i saw like different cultures and stuff and then i was like you know what like i'm gonna go back try harder at school um and then i did i never got a single detention from that day and i also got a travel bug and i was like i need to travel so the next year i was 15 i convinced my parents to let me go travel around america by myself what so I was 15 when How I... How the fuck did you do that? So my mum is an orphan. So yeah. she's Brazilian as well. So really? she grew up... Yeah. <laughs> she grew up in Brazil in an orphanage. So it was... Again, she has a... She has had even harder uh, you upbringing. You 0% Brazilian. <laughs> I was... I got my dad's cut like eyes and hair. So... Yeah. But yeah. Um, when, when we're next to each other, we look similar. She just got the darker Yeah, side. it's just darker features and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so she never had parents to kind of guide her and tell her what to do, which is understanding of like things, how she brought me up. Um, and because she traveled at such a young age, she had to make ends meet and she left an orphanage at like 12 years old and 
was moving around everywhere, Israel, London, uh, England, etc. Um, she saw that I was mature enough um, to do it. And when I went overseas, I had two friends I was going to go stay with. And then there was, we were going to go travel another city. And then I ended up staying in another place by myself and then going down to San Diego by myself. Um, but that yeah, just traveling insane around. insane to me. <laughs> it, was, it was hard to explain to my um, friends at school. Cause they're like what, what? <laughs> but yeah it's just so how would you get how are you getting around uh i'd fly places yeah and then it was just like so how, how could you get on like planes and stuff like you had you, to get a um like a guardian sort of signature or whatever yeah a guardian signature and then there'll be a hostess that guided you from one plane wow. to the next yeah if you're under 16 that's how it works so where did you start so you land in la landed in la i went to michigan were you scared no see because i've always kind of been by myself and like just looked after myself yeah Were you, are you an only child no i have a brother but he left when he was 16 he's older so i was 12 years old when he left okay uh so from then um i was pretty much from that moment felt like an only child because yeah. he was a different city and so like when you were living by yourself or like kind of i guess not around your mum that much like were you having to do all your own like cooking and like stuff oh, like that oh yeah or? definitely we were doing like I was doing from grade three my own lunches and stuff really yeah um they, they definitely like they paid for my food put a roof over my head put me in school but then everything else was me like really yeah 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 That's and it. then like no siblings around after yeah and we lived out of town as well so Cause like, where, so where did you grow up uh Port Macquarie down oh, New South right. Wales yeah, yeah. okay beautiful little town yeah um but we lived outside of town and there's no public transport from where i lived it was great to grow up on like uh six acres yeah um but i got so bored if i was stuck out there by myself yeah Um, right so i would hitch a ride with my parents they'd start work at 6 a.m so i would go in with them and then i had until they finished which was like 6 7 8 p.m sometimes yeah later so i had the whole day where i had to go around town and just fill in my time i had no like like nowhere just to sit down and chill like it was kind of like going around skating around wow <laughs> so it was like Fuck, exploring for a full day i feel like i'm watching a movie right now <laughs> i can just imagine like a little little fucking blonde haired rat just cruising yeah, around town and no like, shoes <laughs> all the like shopkeepers like giving you this fucking it was a small shit. town yeah. so everyone knows yeah so and did the town kind of like look after you a little bit in a way like did they know that that was the case or they didn't know uh, my friends did my p- best friends did and they always kind of took me in whenever i needed to mm. um i'll just rock up their house sometimes without be- with uh being unannounced yeah. <laughs> but, hey i'm here and like oh yeah so they they became like second families to me which was amazing i i don't know what i would have done if i didn't have them at some stages yeah um but yeah so i just that was pretty much all the time if i wasn't in school i was somewhere just cruising around town because if i was at home yeah i just would get so bored didn't know what to do myself yeah so that kind of makes sense the way that you now are just like so busy and like doing shit all the time yeah yeah and um yeah it helped me with like time management and um just always keeping on my feet keeping active um i never grew up doing any sports or anything so it was kind of just like mucking around everywhere yeah so i guess then yeah 15 getting on a plane to america alone probably didn't seem like that yeah and i guess also because i'd the year before i'd done work placement down in sydney because in 
grade 10, you can do a week of work placement. Yeah. And I went and did it at this theater in Sydney. Um, but I went and stayed in Sydney by myself. So I have had, I had that experience of being in a city with a lot of people by yourself at a young age. Yeah. So just like even a little thing like that, that was one week being by myself. Um, that just gave me enough confidence to be like, yeah, uh, as long as I've got uh, reserve money in, in my card, like yeah. I always have that. I always have like a little bit of money that will get me on a flight, get me accommodation, food. Yeah. Like that, that makes me comfortable wherever I go. As long as I've got that little reserve there, if everything goes wrong. Yeah. Um, that I could fall back on. So yeah, I went over there planning to see two friends staying with them. And then we, I had like, so I took uh, six weeks, six weeks off school. Yeah. Uh, I studied really hard beforehand and so I didn't fall behind. And then, yeah, we, like one of my friends, she was actually like, I think she's 10 years older than me, 15 years older than me or something. Yeah. Um, and she, we went to New York, like we traveled to a couple other cities, Miami, um, just all around the place. And then when I went to Michigan, it's kind of like, it's yeah, another completely different as well. There's not a lot going on in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so I met a lot of, uh, other friends and it was great being there by myself because you're so open to meet people. Meet people, yeah. So I made so many friendships and then we would just go to like Chicago or something, just some random place. And so I had these six weeks and my parents actually didn't contact me the whole time I was over. (laughs) So heavy. Yeah. Um, And then I came back and caught up to school, did it again the next year. Yeah, right. Went to a couple of new places, but it was in North America at the time. So my parents considered that a safe enough environment. Yeah, if you're coming from the orphanages of Brazil. Yeah, 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 exactly. If you're not coming from, you're not going to a developing country. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, once I finished school, I'd already had that travel bug and just kept going. Just wanted to see more of the world, experience the, more. So what did you, like, when you first went at 15, like, what did you think you were going to find? Like, were you just after adventure? Were you, like, trying to find yourself a little bit? Like, I, Yeah, I was so young. I wasn't really thinking about, like, learning anything or doing anything specific. It was just, like, go there um, and just have fun it was just like a you know six week holiday christmas times kind of like that just go hang out with friends go see new things yeah and being in like a little town especially exploring it every single day i got so bored yeah i I remember at the time hating port macquarie because i was so bored of seeing the same stuff yeah now i look back at it i know it's so beautiful and stuff but like at the time i'm like just get me out of this town yeah i need to see more like just have a different scenery if anything becomes repetitive for me i'm like nah yeah okay can't do it so that's what i do with everything in life if i'm doing one thing that's amazing but if it becomes repetitive i'm not progressing or it's not changing yeah um then i get bored of it and then i move on yeah one of the things that um i can relate to you from just following you for however long is that you're always doing new shit Mm. and you get like whenever you do something you get super into it and i'm the same like i mean yeah i I'm the, I'm the worst for it like I'll get I grew up racing motocross my whole life like we did Sick. we did a lot of sport and stuff like that and then I'd do motocross and then I would, I'd start playing golf with people through bikes and then I'd be like alright I'm doing the golf thing and mm. then I'm at the range for like five hours at a time and I'm like filming my swing and I'm on YouTube watching videos and then it's like I get pretty good at golf and then I'm like I'm gonna do something else and then like <laughs> I got now I'm into jiu-jitsu 
Oh, sick. And I started awesome. like competing in jiu-jitsu heavily. Nice. And I can like now I just got like a car simulator. So it's like <laughs> I've been doing some simulated car racing. And so it's like I, I just enjoy whatever it is when you like first get into something and then you realize like how fucking bad you are at it. Yeah. And the possibility of growth. Yeah. Progression. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like so fascinated by that. Yeah. And like do the jujitsu stuff like that's something that i'm not gonna stop doing now um that's a i really want a goal of getting a black belt Mm. but i went so much further in that than i ever even thought (laughs) i could or in just like a few years you know and to me like i there's just something in that and then following you i can see that that's something that you've been into as well and it's really interesting because i don't find a lot like i don't meet a lot of people that are that uh, have that mindset and especially for girls and it's not a knock on girls but not a lot of girls will just try something not only new but like fucking gnarly (laughs) like the shit you do is gnarly like the gymnastic stuff that you're into now and like the strength training and stuff that that you're doing and when you do it like you go all in (laughs) and it's cool it's really cool to watch yeah well i i think one of the best feelings in the world besides the adrenaline fun um is progression Mm. like the feeling you get and going into a lot of the stuff i do it's kind of been like i know i'm gonna fail that's Mm. just part of it doesn't matter what you do you're gonna fail yeah um and then you're for me i know i'm gonna get hurt i know it's not going to be an injury it's just going to be temporary pain so for example like uh doing gymnastics because I want to, I get so into progressing, I push myself a lot harder. Yeah. I know I'm going to try a trick and I'm going to fail and it's going to hurt. Mm. Like, you just have to be prepared for that, but you just need to know that the pain's temporary. As long as it's not a serious injury, but just getting bruises and stuff, I'm absolutely happy with getting bruises or getting winded or anything like that because I know it's only going to last like mm. 30 seconds, one minute, like 10 minutes, and then it'll be good again. Yeah. So not being scared to get hurt is one of the things that makes me able to do the, I guess, more gnarly things. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's definitely like any activity I do, I want to do it well. And then once I start, yeah, it's just that feeling of progression. You do one thing and then you become really good at it and then you can develop more and, and like, yeah, it just keeps going on. Yeah. And so when did that whole thing start for you? Because I thought you would have been like some kind of child sporting prodigy kind of deal, you know? I I wish. I wish I could have been in like martial arts and gymnastics when I was a kid. um, But my parents just wouldn't put me in it. Because you do Taekwondo as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I started when I went to, when I moved to China. Fucking hell, here we go. (laughs) Oh yeah, okay. So I've lived in four countries. You're a G. <laughs> I went, when I finished school, I went to Gold Coast and I was working in the water sports there because that's my background. When yeah. I grew up, I was working for my dad in the water sports. Yeah. He was doing jet boat jet skis. So I just went to Gold Coast and I did the same thing. I went and did jet skis and then they have flyboarding, which is a new thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was like, I've always been like into exciting things, like anything adrenaline, um, so I tried it out and I loved it. It was like such a great feeling being so high up in the sky and stuff. And I picked it up really well. So the guy ended up, uh, that I worked with ended up, um, hooking us up with this other guy to do a session where we just went out and did some flyboarding, had some fun in the morning before work. Yeah. And he ended up telling me about this gig in China and it was a flyboard show, jet ski show. 
and he said send in a video like they might um want more people so i did i sent in a video and they were happy with my skills and then they gave me pretty much a week um to come to move to china and china's never a place i thought about going yeah um so i was but i was ready for it it's kind of like anything in my life is like if i think one day uh if i have a choice and i don't make that choice then i think one day i'm going to regret it yeah i have to do it yeah if there's going to be that chance where i'm going to be like oh what would that have been like mm. no nah, i i can't i don't like that like yeah. i want to be if i'm going to think like that then i'm going to try it and see what happens so the thing with china is like i was signing a contract and if i if everything went wrong i just would pay out the rest whatever was on the contract yeah pay the fee you have to get a new performer over and i'll fly home like it's not it's not that big a deal it's a big step but there's always a way out yeah um so i was like yep stuff it so i packed everything up week later went to china uh started this show was insane this show was like nothing i'd ever seen before it was a sea world type theme park yeah. but it had way more animals and it was way bigger like everything was on an extreme level yeah China's just crazy, eh? Firework displays like our New Year's, but every single night, 365 days a year. Wow. So we did these shows. What city were you in? Uh, Zuhai, which is just across from Macau, but yeah, okay. um, it's in the mainland. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. So yeah. I was in the mainland side, um, which was much different to like Hong Kong or Macau. They were more westernized. Yeah. So that was interesting itself, just living in China. Um, had you The travels that you'd done as a kid... Had you gone to any third world countries or like Asian countries, developing countries? Just before China, I, no, I'd finished school. I was 18 and I'd gone to, did the typical Bali for a month and then I went to Ecuador. Yeah. Okay. And I, I traveled around Ecuador, like into the Amazon with a friend that went, like, I never thought about going to Ecuador, but at the same time I wanted to go back to see a friend in the States. Yeah. So I was like, I'll just jump across to South America as well. So we did a trip in South America, uh, just around. How yeah, was Ecuador. the Amazon? Oh, it was awesome. I had an, I had an amazing experience. Did you do ayahuasca? Yeah, really cool? I did. Yeah, fucked up about it. <laughs> oh, that so, was... So this podcast, you can literally say and fucking do whatever oh, okay, you want. Okay, So sick. we're good. Yeah, we're yeah, good. yeah. I was worried about swearing and shit. No, no, no. Fuck that. <laughs> we smoke weed on here and carry on. And, yeah. Yeah. So um, my friend, I had never done hallucinogenic before. And my friend was actually really interested in doing the ayahuasca. So he was the one who told me about it and kind of um, asked if I wanted to do it, if I'd be interested. Yeah. And I looked into it and I researched as much as I could to find out about DMT and it all seemed pretty like... Fuck, this is like the finaliest. <laughs> oh, fuck it up. And... I think we're going to talk about like running and fucking <laughs> gymnastics and shit. And, oh, keep sorry, keep yeah, going. Um, so, we, yeah, I went to Ecuador. We went to a couple of different places. I've always wanted to go to like the Amazon I've always just been interested in it. And uh, he was telling me that ayahuasca, but there's all these different options. You could go get like a, a white person that's doing it just for tourism, pretty much. Yeah, okay. And they just give you the drink and stuff. Fucking but, bar and yeah. some disco lights <laughs> yeah. and shit. Put you in the bed, like, yeah, yeah that's it. Um, but uh, we wanted to do it properly. So we got a proper shaman in a village in the middle of the Amazon. So, like, we had to... Even just getting there, you're, like, on the back of a truck, just, like, hitching it and, like, trying to go through all these dirt tracks into this village. And it's amazing. Like, it's a proper village. I didn't think people, like, at the time... Still live like that. Still live like that, yeah. And, like, huts and stuff. And I'm like, wow. And he took us through... um, So, we had one guy take us through with a... um, 
sorry, in the Amazon explaining a bunch of shit about the Amazon. And then we saw the guy actually cut down the root and mm. then his wife prepared the big drink. Yeah, right. So you watched the whole thing. Yeah. So we're there for a few days and you have to do this whole prep where you don't uh, drink for two weeks. You don't uh, have sex for two weeks. You yeah, don't. Right. Uh, three days before it, you're supposed to stop eating. I couldn't do three days. I did two days. My friend couldn't do two days. He did one day. Um, but yeah, you have to do all this prep. So your body's like in a proper place it's like yeah. detoxed a bit yeah. and etc and you also have to be really comfortable about where you're doing it because that will influence your trip like a hundred percent so i'd researched all this and figured this all out so have like, you done drugs in general before really no no, no. yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just like but because i looked into it, i'd never really been like to be honest, I never really knew about ayahuasca until I watched like the Simpsons movie and you see like, yeah, there's that right. trip. So I never really looked into drugs at all. I never really been um, interested in parties, like taking drugs. I just always had fun being drunk. So yeah, that was just a big step for me. I was just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it. It's kind of like if you're going to do something, do it well. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so we did this. And I, yeah, we went into this place and I'd research how you had to have a good mindset going into it. You had to feel comfortable. Mm. So watching the whole process is like you felt really good about it. You know what was in the drink. You know what was like yeah. everything was natural. And he just started the ceremony. At the, he put us in a – oh, before the ceremony, I went and watched a video that I knew made me happy at the time. Like it was just like bright colors, awesome music that I loved. It just made me – put me in a good mood. Yeah. And um, I don't know what my friend did, but anyway, he put us in, it was four of us. We put us in like this little hut and we're on these beds on the ground, just the little mattresses. And uh, he starts this music. He speaks all in Spanish. So we didn't actually know half the stuff he was saying. Yeah. Um, and he starts the, he makes us snort uh, this tobacco stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which just make your head go a bit spinny. And then he started music and then he gave us, like, his, his natural instruments. He's making the music himself. And then he gave us a drink. We drank it. And then we were put into the bed. The lights went out. The candles or whatever went out. And uh, we went to, we, we tried to sleep for 30 minutes. I ended up falling asleep after 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden it was like a click and everything starts vibrating. The shamans, they're still doing his music, like really relaxing music and stuff. And my, all I could see, like my eyes are closed, you're in darkness, but all I could feel was vibrations. And the next day he actually told me that I was humming and rocking with his music and I didn't know that I was doing that. Yeah. Uh, the first vision I saw was like, it was fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy. And then all of a sudden I go sucked into a toucan's eye. So <laughs> there's a toucan that comes uh-huh. up and I just go inside to its eyeball and then everything starts going a bit different colors and stuff. And what happened with me is you you throw up. That's why yeah. they tell you not to eat. Yeah. Uh, my my friend threw up a lot because he ate. Uh, for me, it was just like a bit of water. But yeah. when I was throwing up, what I was seeing was a black aura coming out of my mouth. It was like a demon leaving me. Yeah. And uh, it only lasted like f- like five minutes, and then all of a sudden, I now started tripping out, being different animals. So I was seeing all these colors and then I was experiencing flying, experiencing being deep underwater, experiencing running so fast. And I guess it's all these feelings that I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to be able to fly and go super fast and go like explore underwater and all those sort of things. And I got to a point where the globe was there and then I got sucked out of the globe and I was looking down on earth and then earth stopped moving and then 
I stopped moving, the vibration stopped for just a simple moment. And there was such a, like a realization that everything is so insignificant. Yeah. Like nothing has like everything only means what you put the meaning. The value on. that you give to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how like everything is interconnected kind of thing a lot like everyone always comes out of it like thinking like things are interconnected and when i was looking at it, i'm like everything is one yeah. everything is whole like the earth animals the the dirt humans like every everything is energy and just one unit yeah um and then i also went into another trip where it's like reconnect with your mom and it was like a more deep thing about yeah, what i, I should fix what I should fix in my life. Yeah. Um, so I did go into a trip like that. And then this trip lasted about five hours and I had an amazing experience. I would definitely do it again, but like I wouldn't do it a regular thing. It's yeah. like kind of like when I forget about this trip, then I'll want to go experience it again. Yeah. Um, but the next day I was like writing my journal, like my, I have a tra- travel journals yeah. and I just write what I do. Um, and I just wrote for like hours and hours just about my trip. And my friend actually had a really bad trip yeah okay he i think he might have i don't know i wasn't really talking to him about it before he went into it and he didn't really want to talk about it afterwards either but he just told me because he i he stood up and tried to walk out of the hut and stuff and he just had this black aura all around his body and just saw darkness the whole time so it really you really need to feel like comfortable and like yeah I think you've got to accept, um, I haven't done it. I've done a lot of other psychedelics, but mm. obviously I haven't ever been able to go to the Amazon, but, um, I think you've just got to accept whatever comes with it. I think people that have bad trips are people that go in hoping for something mm. like, Oh, I hope I get this out of it. I hope I get that out of it. Like some of the best trips that I've had have been when I genuinely have like cleared my mind, had no expectations and just go, I'm just going to do the mushrooms or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it and just whatever happens, happens. And like, I've always been okay with having a bad trip, if that makes mm. sense. Because yeah. it's like, I think that if you're doing psychedelics, it's not for fun. Like you shouldn't do psychedelics to enjoy it. Like yeah. go do fucking ecstasy. That's why it's called ecstasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that shit's fun. <laughs> but this, whether, you know, even if it's a bad trip, I think you can still really learn. And I think that... Um, yeah if you're kind of going into it wanting to take a particular thing away that particular thing doesn't happen or if you go into it um wanting to have a good fun experience like it's just it's not always guaranteed like you just have to be so open-minded yeah with it. yeah and that helps also like when you accept it you're not scared mm. the more sc- it's still scary though but i yeah. think you just have to accept that it will be over at some point yeah and that you can't control it yeah whereas other people would go into a panic because they they can't control and that's like when i think um like edibles like edible marijuana fuck you can get to some gnarly psych like that's actually the, the gnarliest psychedelic i've ever done oh really yeah I, it was like a lot though and it was like dead shit like i thought i was gonna die wow yeah but even through that like what it's pretty much like how i was describing it to people afterwards i did it on a plane mm. which was fucked and it felt like I got shot into space <laughs> and then like I pretty much just gave up like I put my head down on the tray table and I was just like I was done and it, I wasn't even like me anymore I was just I was just Shit. fucking gone for ages I and can't just, believe like, you did that on a plane well so <laughs> it's like kind of a gnarly story but I had I was leaving um, I probably shouldn't say the country but I was leaving a country coming home 
And uh, I had like a thousand milligram lollipop, which is like, that's a lot. Like mm, if I normally okay. would do, like whenever I would just recreationally have edibles just to like relax and enjoy a flight, I'd have like 30 milligrams. Mm. So then this lollipop was like a thousand. I was kind of like tripping on the whole like being in an airport thing. So And then I saw some sniffer dogs. Oh. So then I just like put the whole lollipop in my mouth. Because I was like, oh, they're, they're, you know, like they won't be able to find it, sort of deal. And then it, like, fuck, the line just took forever, like, <laughs> fucking forever. And then the dog, like, just constantly was walking. And uh, and then I ended up, I kind of just forgot about it, to be honest. And then I just started chewing it. And then I was like, fucking fuck. Up. And then I was like freaking out. I didn't even spit it out. I could have just spat it out. Yeah. But I swallowed the whole thing. Wow. And it was like well you run a marathon and it sucks the whole time but yeah. at the end of it you're like fuck kind of glad i did that yeah yeah, yeah. that's what it was like oh, okay but it, fuck, <laughs> but it was so so gnarly but the i guess yeah you just you can't control it like once you're in you're in yeah and you really can't control the direction it goes or even hope that it goes in a certain direction because mm. i think that's when you can start to really get fucked over by it yeah yeah and i guess maybe because i hadn't done any sort of hallucinogenics i was just really open to mm. see where it went mm. didn't know didn't have anything to expect yeah yeah, yeah i figured that that whole or everything with your mum probably came up because a lot of people that i know that have done ayahuasca it sorts out a lot of or they they end up thinking about a lot of family sort of stuff like yeah any kind of family issues um that's been something i've kind of heard a lot yeah. of people say and it was great like i came out of it being like yeah like i need to get over all the stuff and yeah. like make it better like it's it's going to be different now like what we we're saying before about it's only what you create when you put meaning behind it yeah or if you put emotions behind it that's when it hurts so just yeah. make it better fuck it's hard though eh? like even um the the whole covid thing like my life's been pretty much the same like it hasn't been that big a deal like, i i live in burley and then i drive here every day regardless mm. even you know weekends if i'm not doing something then i come here anyway mm-hmm. and then now it's just like the weekends are kind of gone and i don't really go out and eat food with friends but that's kind of that's kind of it yeah. but even i found like last weekend i was like fuck like i f- actually think it's kind of like it's kind of getting to me but yeah Oh, like Saturday was a bad day and I had like a rare bad day where I'll be like kind of negative and just fucking over it for mm. the whole day. Mm. They don't happen to me very often. I ended up having to go to a mate's place and I was just like, just went and just talk shit with him. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I got up in the next day and it literally just was a decision. I was like, dude, I cannot have two of them in a row. Yeah. Like I, I just got up I took my dog for a run and then I come back and that, that was it. Like, it just set the whole the whole day off and every time i had like even this week i kind of had them negative thoughts going on it's like shit that you're just like i guess like ruminating on yeah and then i i just every day i'm like no fuck you can't do that shit like you actually have to choose but for some weird reason it feels good to hang on to that shit i think it makes you feel i feel like it kind of makes you feel important in a way yeah like it makes your life feel important to have these big problems that are causing so much like stress yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. ma- it gives you like a feeling of importance like um oh, look at all this stuff that's happening to me like i'm feeling all these things like this is this is overwhelming and it's it must be important yeah. but it's like nah it's kind of not really <laughs> you know, like why am i so important i think it's kind of half of what you said with like you get removed from the earth and you just see it's yeah. just like we are fucking pretty insignificant. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
I, I had the same sort of experience, but it's not so much thinking negatively. It's like when I get super bored mm. and say I don't have energy at the same time, like that's when I start losing my shit because I'm like, I don't have physical energy right now to do anything, mm. but I'm so bored and I want to do something. I want to like be distracted and do like some activity. And I had that during quarantine because I had to isolate mm. when I came home. Oh, Yeah, I had to do the two weeks and that was... um. That was all right. Was that like an interesting experience in a way? For me, I was so grateful. I had my friend come do it with me. Really? <laughs> my friend, like I grew up with him and he's just like, you know what? I will come do it for like, because yeah. he can work from home. So he's like, I'll come oh, isolate. So I cool. had somebody to talk to. Otherwise, I don't know. Maybe I would have gone a bit crazy. Yeah. Um, but just being locked up still is like, I was 12 hours from having to do, like I arrived 12 hours before they started putting people in hotels in Sydney. Yeah. I would have, I don't know if I would have come out of that great. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been really down because you then locked up in a room and I'm an active person and yeah. then I have nobody to talk to really yeah. unless you're calling somebody. And then, yeah, it just wouldn't have been a disaster for me. But even just being in um, in this unit that we're at, um, I was able to keep talking and stuff, but I was focusing on exercise, exercise, exercise. But as soon as it, like I said, as it comes repetitive, yeah. I just get so over it and bored so my energy was down i just remember one night just being like i can't i just i just can't i need to do something but i can't do something yeah um but then the next day like it's a new day and you change it you don't just keep doing whatever you were doing yesterday as long Mm. as you just do some sort of action to change it up then it changes your your mood and changes like your thoughts and whatever so like you move on from but like having those moments i like you said i think are good um, then it gives significance the next day I had a great yeah. day because I was like enduring different things so yeah I think um, I had a guy message me uh, on the like the podcast Instagram about he's like oh how do you stay positive all the time you're always saying and I'm like fuck bro like nah that's not me like you kind of <laughs> like you see that though because yeah. I don't really want to people are dealing with enough shit it's not like you know fucking unload all your problems or like yeah. thousands of fucking people but um like I said to him, my advice was that I've found uh, I need to sort of have like a bit of a morning routine set. Yeah. And you hear that from a lot of people. And to me, it always sounded kind of like wanky. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, fuck, get out of here with your morning routine. Like, just get yep. up and do it. And then I started noticing. So, like, reading's the thing that I'll do every single morning. And whether it, like, so I'll do 20 minutes, which is basically my coffee. So I started to. I started to I love making a coffee in the morning like mm-hmm. I was I figured I was like that is kind of my routine like yeah. I'd like to make a really good coffee mm. and like I'll tip shit like tip it out if it's like not good mm-hmm. and like that's me fucking thing but then I was just sitting on Instagram just like scrolling and I'm like this is dead air right now yeah. this is just completely nothing so and I've always read a lot of books anyway so then I was like I'm just gonna just read I'll just do that and then it turned into I'd, I started setting my alarm a bit earlier and a bit earlier so I could read more Hmm. and then now i I was like i was like fuck this is like a really good way to start my day like i just felt accomplished instantly no matter kind of like no matter what the rest of the day was like i was like fuck it i've already read for an hour like that feels good and i'd read good shit that i feel like added to my life so i was like man no matter what right off the rip i've had like a pretty solid day i've made a good coffee and i've had and i've read for an hour so and then now i've started to get out, get up and run my dog straight away like before i even make a coffee before mm. i do anything and then i do that so i've kind of ticked like a couple of boxes and i think to anyone that is 
you know, struggles with that shit because the mornings were always the time I struggled the most. Like yeah. all my self-doubt, all my negativity, all my bad vibes, all my energy. It's like I woke up in that state every day and then had to like wind myself up. Yeah. But now it's just a matter of um, get up, do that routine sort of style thing in the morning and then it's like even if the rest of your day sucks ass yeah you yeah, walked yeah. your dog you had you a good coffee did and, you, productive. Yeah, and, yeah. You, and you read for an hour so uh, i just think that you've just got to really like trick yourself in yeah the yeah well again it comes down to mindset the same thing for me is if i wake up i can't sit in bed and just look at my phone like some mm. people like to get up and then slowly get up yeah if I'm awake and then I will sit in bed and I'll do something in bed with on my computer or on my phone, then my whole body just feels like sluggish and then I'm my mind feels sluggish. I haven't really jolted awake mm. yet and then I carry that feeling now for the rest of the day. Yeah. And I haven't done anything productive. But then when like so now if I ever wake up, I have to get up straight away. Within yeah. like two minutes I'm out of the bed doing something, whatever it is. And as soon as you yeah, as soon as you start being productive, like you you get into that feeling and then you want to keep being productive generally. Yeah. Like you don't all of a sudden do stuff in the morning and then all of a sudden be like, oh, okay, I'm tired now. Like yeah. once you get that energy, like you just want to keep going and it, it makes it like, that's how I do it. It makes my day full of energy. That's what they say. If you want something done, give it to a busy person. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's true. Like yeah. you just kind of get, you get into that. And I feel that here, like a lot of times it's fucking hard for me in here because it's like, it just looks like this 24 hours a day. Mm. Like I've got no concept of, of like you know what time it is you get no like <laughs> yeah. good feeling from the sun it's just yeah, a fucking yeah, yeah. box <laughs> but i find that that if i'm not super busy i'm sort of not getting anything done mm. it's like when i'm really under the pump is when i get the most shit done yeah yeah um i, I love multitasking mm. like, yeah, you're a chick though it, it makes me feel like even more accomplished i guess yeah like the other day i had to i thought about calling on my family because i'm home and catching up with people um so i was just on the phone with my nana and everyone and i was actually working out at the same time and they had no idea that i was working out so like i was just like i wasn't doing any cardio or anything so they couldn't yeah. tell i was like <gasps> but yeah. um i felt so good and productive because i'm like killing doing two birds with yeah, one stone okay. and i love doing that sort of stuff that sort of stuff me like makes me feel like I've accomplished a lot yeah and then I do that all day and then it ends up being I did a lot of things today I like that yeah so I can get down with that that's what I did with the same with the book like I I like to read but I can't sit down for so long so then when I had the audio book I can do other stuff I'm doing my activities I'm I'm accomplishing tasks I need to get done yeah learning at the same time yeah so we'll go back to the China thing what was um what was it like then when you sort of got off the plane and just had to start doing those shows yeah it was so exciting like the the show was massive we would have anywhere between 1,000 to 80,000 people 80 80,000 people in a crowd yeah it was massive fuck it was massive like there's a lot of people in China (laughs) wow yeah and um, we had uh, so I was working for the Australian it was an Australian company contracted in China yeah okay and we were a team of 20 um all all of us were from typically around australia there's a couple from uk and america and it was pretty much just like it was so much fun like it's it's you put all these young people that are just full of like love doing adrenaline stuff and and mucking around and especially the australians they just like to party all the time so the first solid six months was just like do a show go out at night 
be hungover, go do the show again. That was like the routine. Full tour life. Yeah. I couldn't keep up with the drinking. Um, the boys impressed me definitely doing like five nights a week, every single week. Fuck that. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. Um, but I was able to do like, yeah, the jet skis and the flyboards. And as you're in that scene, uh, you're around people that are better than you. I love being around people that are better than me mm. because you learn from them. They're the ones that are going to help you progress. Some people like to be with somebody and be the best at it because that mm-hmm. makes them feel good. But I don't like that. I I much prefer somebody to be better and then I can see what I'm doing, compare it, try try and be um, better at it. So I was around a lot of guys that were fly, better flyboarders, much better flyboarders, and I was I only just started. Yeah. I kind of went in there guaranteed that I could do the jet ski part, the jet ski routine. It was easy. We just had fireworks on our jet ski and we just drove around and did... Uh, routine together yeah <laughs> and um and then yeah i started flyboarding and i learned off them um i did push it a bit too far i ended up breaking my ankle um but that was on the second contract so the first contract i was there with the australian company and then and how they, long was that contract for the first time six months each time yeah okay. i did a total two years in china wow so i did one year with an australian company two contracts and then they lost the contract and another french company who were the creators of the flyboard yeah they took over so i came home for six months and then i went back to that company yeah and so it was like it was both different scenes like when it was the french company it was more international and they're more professional at uh flyboarding and yeah. creating uh, a more uh, visual show so wait we should probably tell people what a flyboard is for those yeah who don't know. Yeah, yeah sorry uh it's that's the, my bad <laughs> it's the water jets that come from your feet and it's attached by a hose to the back of a jet ski yeah so you can fly up in the air um now we fly on hoses that are 23 meters so and usually we have a 300 horsepower jet ski so i can get up to 21 meters full extension of a hose and then we do tricks from That's there. That's a fucking long way up. Yeah, I've had some great stacks. Really? Because you're relying on equipment. Equipment fails. Yeah. Even And you fail as well. You stuff up tricks, you hurt yourself, but also... So have you fallen from like 20 metres yeah. up? How bad's that? It's uh, like, it's really hard um, wind. Like it's a really... You get winded. Yeah. And it's a horrible face slap because what happens is the weight's on your feet and the weight's on that hose so you have no choice but to go forward yeah so you're always going to land on your like so you just got pretty much just like trying to cover yeah up. so you just kind of curl up into a ball and, and hold your face kind of thing we wear helmets but um it's just a really bad winding and that i guess was a thing that taught me like when you um get like winded it's kind of temporary yeah you just have to like sit there for like 30 seconds and then you're good to go yeah as long as you're not hitting that hose like doing a bad trick or something that's when i broke my ankle if you're just falling and it's just that impact, like then you're going to be okay. Um, but we also flew in 1.8 meters, so being 21 meters high, 8.1 meter depth. Oh, okay. So, and the, it's because you got so much power. If you do anything and go through the water, I did smash my face on the bottom, and really? I cut my face open, grazed my whole face here. That was the scariest injury for me because I thought I had scarred my face for life. Yeah. Uh, and then I had the most horrific experience in a Chinese hospital. Fuck, really? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was. I was seeing a lot. I'll, I'll quickly go into it. It's just like hey, I. We got time. I, I rocked up at um, the emergency, and they put so me. So, how was your Chinese at this point? Speaking Chinese, yeah. it's such a hard language, and also each area you go to has a bit different dialect, dialect so they yeah. can't even understand like 
they could because they grew up with that language and it's they can adapt but for foreigners it's really hard to learn and then go to another area and, and then pick up the do- so like if you learn chinese it might be like mostly useless because yeah. of the other so dialects, i yeah. didn't have that motivation to learn it. i just want to learn how to get around how yeah. to order like buy food whatever just the easy stuff yeah and um so when we went to the chinese hospital i had to get a translator uh the translator wasn't there yet but when i rocked up the um you could just see the atmosphere around like it was really unorganized chaotic a lot of people and you could see like a lot of workers and they got these crazy injuries and stuff uh and then the doctor comes up runs up to me like he walks pretty briskly with his hands like this and he has gloves on and my face all bleeding and stuff and he's got blood on his hands somebody else's blood and he comes like within that close vicinity like half a meter and i ran backwards so quickly and he realized and he's like oh puts it behind his back and then comes and looks at me fuck so they put me in a room and i sat down and they uh rolled this other guy in on a bed and he looks dazed he looks like he's drugged his eyes are open but he's just like out of it yeah and they put him like less one meter behind me Anyway, they're cleaning up my lip. They're putting in a septic and all that stuff. And then I was with my friend and I turned around and they lifted the sheets off this guy and his intestines were all hanging out. Like his whole insu- his whole stomach was cut open and you could see everything inside. I just turned around in shock and I'm like to my friend, I was like, I didn't just see that. And then he looks what the fuck? and he left. He went to throw up out the front because he couldn't. He just left me. And then I started crying because I'm freaking out being like in this place by myself. Can't talk to the doctor. There's like a dead guy, but like a guy dying behind me. And I'm like, so that's why he was in shock. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was, wow. it was horrific. And then uh, they, they eventually just uh, put a, like a cotton bud and tape, masking tape over my face. And then I'm like dude you have to fix this like you can't just leave it like this the translator came and was like oh no it will heal and i'm like yeah it will heal but it'll be a massive scar on my face and then they're like oh okay we're gonna have to discharge you from this doctor and take you upstairs to the plastic surgeon who's going to give you stitches why didn't you do that in the first place yeah (laughs) so i ended up having to go upstairs and get tetanus shots but the tetanus shots work differently so it was two hours of doing one injection for every 30 minutes that's what? yeah because the tet i don't know what they put in their tetanus shots but anyway i had to do that and then eventually went Maybe upstairs that's why you can just randomly run a marathon yeah <laughs> <laughs> put some weird chinese shit in you that they fucking yeah. give to the olympians maybe that's it and then um they, yeah they stuck a bunch of needles and stitched my lip up and luckily all my grays is actually healed naturally um at, but after that like I, did, I never wanted to go back to a Chinese hospital. There's another incident where I cut my foot open and I'm at work in the workshop being like to my friend who for some reason had stitching, like she had a needle and thread. So she, she was getting the stitches and stitching my foot up. And I was in so much pain because the bottom of your foot's really sensitive. Oh, so sensitive. And she got, gets the first stitch or two through and I'm just like screaming, being like, I can't actually do this. This is fucked. I can't do it. And she's like, <laughs> well, I have anesthetic at home. I'll go get it. So oh. she, she's, she's from Brazil. She used to be a dental assistant. For some reason, she brought all this stuff with her. What so a gangster. <laughs> I was like, thank God. So she What was her job? Uh, she was the girlfriend slash wife of the technician. So she was there just doing a, a princess role mm. where it was like this boat and you just, the boat drives and then you just do this princess action you just do this yeah, it's right. really easy <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking random. so when i broke my leg that's the job i did because i just had to oh. steer with my foot 
Yeah, and yeah. so the foot that was working, I put my knee on a chair and I just see it with a foot and it's covered. So I'm just like doing the easy job for her until I recovered. <laughs> oh, that's so gnarly. <laughs> and so she ended up going home getting the antiseptic. Uh, yeah, the anesthetic. Came back to work, stitched me up. I was like, that was so much better than going to Chinese hospital because that 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 whole experience was like so bad. Never want to go back there. Man, I just crashed a, a bike in Vietnam. We oh. do like this. Uh, we do this bike tour with my family every year, and it was like fuck six days to go mm. and i we we're on these kind of like harley things and i just come around town we were hooking all day and then it started to rain so we pretty much just were going as slow as i could go and i mean i've had there was sections of the road where i was like <laughs> like just about to go into the drain like we we're going Shit. that hard and uh and then so pushing it that that hard didn't crash and then we've been on this trip for 10 days didn't crash going ham the whole time and then on the yeah six days to go just round the turn just oh, front end <sighs> gone land face first on the thing my shoulder pops out so then i was like all right cool i had to ride back 80 kilometers because there was no we couldn't put the bike in the thing mm. so i'm like holding my arm up on it was my throttle hand too so i get it in gear and then i was having to hold my arm like that got to this uh town this like sort of little village town thing and they're like we're like oh hospital hospital we need to get to the hospital and uh they're like yeah it's over there so we went to this fucking hospital there's no lights on because it's all on generator power there was fucking cats everywhere oh my <laughs> like, just a, a full-on army of cats and uh we were just like oh um doctor like my shoulder's out shoulder's out or whatever and um and yeah we went in there and i was like with my mom and i was like hey uh we're fucking leaving <laughs> like figure out whatever it is we got to do to get my bike on the back of the truck and i'll go to hospital at the next place because this is fucking not happening yeah and uh but then so this whole time so i ended up leaning over and i like pulled my arm between my thighs and i just like yanked my shoulder so that at least i had like a bit of like relief and um and then we ended up driving it was like another three hours three hours or two hours i want to say and um in the back of the the support van and then uh, I was just like dreading the whole time. I was like, fuck, next hot, like this next hospital better be good. Cause I'm like, I'm pretty <laughs> over it at this point. Like the pain, I was just, I was just sick of being in that much pain. Yeah. And uh, then we get to this hospital and it was like nicer than any hospital I've ever been to in my entire life. There was nobody in it and it was fucking pimp. <sighs> and it cost, we, I had like an x ray and a, and an ultrasound for 200 bucks, Aussie. Wow. Unbelievably good. Wow. But so like, weird, isn't it? So close. Like, that was the same thing like Hong Kong. Hong Kong is like an hour away, has the best doctors, some of the best doctors in the world. Yeah. Best, like great facilities. And then you're in the mainland and it's like disaster. Yeah. Well, what was the living situation like there? Like they put you up in, like did everyone kind of live together or? Yeah. They So there was a hotel that was just all performers. So our team was there in the English speaking team. And then there was uh, a lot of Russians. They did the circus side yep. of the theme park and Crazy the dancing fuckers. stuff. Yeah. And, um, uh, so we were all, it was a staff building and other people worked there, like just the normal Chinese people that worked in the park. Um, we were in a studio apartment, but it was two single beds in one studio. So we had to share a studio. So I was with another girl at the time. Um, there's no curtains or anything. So you just bed next to each other. Uh, so you kind of had to get used to... No personal space. Yeah, pretty That's much. That's Asia yeah like yeah, there's yeah. no such thing as personal space yeah so um 
from going yeah going into that tiny space now i'm like i don't really mind now need a lot yeah Yeah, i'm good in a small space i've been able to adapt to it um so all the team were together and it was really fun because like we were all in the same buildings like having your mates next door Mm. it's like having the room not private but yeah uh eventually uh, i think i ended up getting my own room somehow one of the people left and then it just worked out that i got my own room yeah um but the facilities were pretty fine they were decent i mean you couldn't we didn't have an oven or anything like all my supplies had to come came from this little village and going there to buy food and stuff like i I kind of stopped eating meat then because Mm. the way that they do their meats i have like all the meat just hanging sitting there all day and you don't know what's what there's so many different types of meats and stuff yep uh so that just turned me off and i was like yeah i'll just like stick to like simple veggies and whatever are you still vegetarian now pretty much like yeah i don't buy meat if somebody cooks a meal and it's got meat in it and they've put in some effort, then I'm not going to refuse. I'll just be, I'll eat it. But uh, I don't, yeah, go out and get it myself. Mm. Um, so did you feel good when you weren't eating meat? Like, yeah, you, just, you actually like felt better. So I was always interested in uh, being healthy since probably 14 years old. So I've always been looking into it. Like, but through my early years of looking into it, I was doing horrible diets, trying to figure it out. But now I've like figured it out how I eat pretty much vegetables and my main protein source is egg whites. Yeah. So I wouldn't be able to go vegan, but um, it's pretty much... And I honestly, I eat so much food. Yeah. People actually comment on it. They're like, how do you eat so much? But I also train so much. Yeah. So, but I'm full of energy all the time. And people think that you can't add muscle, you can't, you're not getting strong enough. But and you're fucking jacked. <laughs> I've been able to do everything I've been doing just on yeah. egg whites and uh, veggies, pretty much. And that weird fucking Chinese tennis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That superpower <laughs> yeah. that gave me. Yeah. Got bit by like a fucking weird spider in there or some <laughs> shit. That's why you can do what you do. <laughs> it was weird too because it came up with like a big rash. See, I'm fucking telling you, you got some weird Chinese shit going down. <laughs> <laughs> so how so you did two years there yeah so that was yeah so I did one year came back another year there and then i came back here and i was that's when i was working with trade tools and i was working three jobs i was doing trade tools full-time driving barges for the fireworks company skylighter uh they do the big sea fire stuff and then i was also doing flyboarding for jetpack events here yeah they just do random events around the coast pretty much so I was very busy during that 10 months I think I was home for. Yeah. I ended up working like 18 hours, sleeping five hours, getting up, working another 12 hours just because I was running from job to job. And then that's when I also started skydiving weekends. I was going to say, was that when you started skydiving? Yeah, yeah. I was um, making a bit more money and skydiving is not cheap. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, I, I love doing the three jobs because they're all like good jobs. Um, but I was very busy all the time. And then weekends were skydiving. So every weekend, the first four months I did a hundred jumps and then now I'm on about 200, but I just slowed down because I've moved around and haven't yeah. been able to be in a close vicinity. Um, but yeah, I did skydiving solidly, um, for the last, oh, the first year. Uh, eventually I got a contract offered to me by the last the French company to go to Spain and work in Warner Brothers to do an Aquaman theme show with the flyboard stuff alright oh, so we like have so LED that's what you were doing before this like before the uh, COVID stuff yeah, happened, right? yeah yeah so I was in Spain because they just do a summer during winter it's 
they don't, they don't do the shows. It's closed yeah, the park, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, so we did, did an Aquaman theme show, fireworks on our backs and LED suits and things like that. And it was really cool. And it was so much... I love living in Spain too because there was so much more freedom. You could drive on the roads and you could it was like... more Western and... Yeah. yeah. And there's some people that spoke English and I could actually leave the team and go make other friends. Yeah. Like I love doing stuff with the team, but when you're with one team... Yes. For two years, like in China, it just is like, that's the only people you have. It gets a bit much yeah. sometimes. Um, so it was great to have the team and then be able to go make other friends. Like I did skydiving, went to skydiving, made a bunch of friends around there. Yeah. And then when you do that, then they suggest places to go travel. You go travel with them. We jumped across a bunch of little islands and stuff in Europe. I was going to say, so, so did you do a lot of traveling even when you're in China? Like yeah. did you travel quite a lot? So what I did is I could never have in China there's nothing to do on a day off like you could go to Macau but again it's so like, fucking expensive eh? yeah it's great but like you do it a couple of times and you're over yeah. it you don't do it every single day you have a day off <laughs> we we did uh, when we first moved to California we had like no fucking friends at all yeah. and uh, and we had like a bit of a hookup at one of the casinos so like me and my business partner at the time we just fucking drove to Vegas like every third weekend for like two years <laughs> and we just like oh. but we ended up Sounds not doing good. any vacancy Vegasy sort of shit like we sort of did for a while of like parties and clubs and all that sort of stuff but then like we ended up just doing the weirdest shit like going to these like crazy gun ranges and like <laughs> doing all this like weird desert shit but yeah that was that was kind of like yeah yeah, it was fucking random. <laughs> I like. I felt like a local in Vegas. Eh? Oh, we used to yeah. go play like weird golf courses, like out in the mountains. Yeah, like that. yeah, that happens. Like when you start going to a place enough, you get over all the main yeah. attractions and stuff. So I always put what the great thing about our job was that we worked it out with the team. Usually, we, on average, got about four to six days off uh, a month. Yeah. If we wanted more, it was quite easy to do that because everyone wanted to work. Yeah. So that was kind of our like minimum. And what I did was every month I would sort it out with everyone else and I put all my days together. Mm. So every six weeks I put together four, five, six days and I would jump across because it's so cheap. I'd jump across to a country and mm. I'd go to like Philippine, uh, the Philippines. I'd go to Thailand to go to Vietnam, go to, Sri Lanka, Maldives, like I was just doing all of Asia that I could. Yeah. Because I knew this is my opportunity to like jump across and see more, and I'm ha- I'm having so much fun, and these are just my days off. I'm not wasting my days off sitting at home not yeah. knowing what to do with myself. Yeah. Well, the other guys would play video games, but I wasn't into that. Yeah. So uh, I was able to travel a lot of Asia when I was in China, and I did almost every country that I wanted to do. Yeah. And the same when I went to Spain, I was like, well, this is my opportunity to do some of Europe. Um, the contract was a bit shorter and it was a bit harder because there's only two females there. And if one person got injured, I had like one of us had to be there Yeah, kind of yeah. thing. So we had to be a bit careful. So it wasn't as easy. Um, but because I made friends with the other Spanish people as well, we just jumped across to like the islands. We'd go to uh, Mallorca, Menorca go all around like spain they'd show me it was great being there with locals mm. like they'd show you more than what you would if you're just going by yourself yeah um and then after that i jumped over oh so i finished my contract in spain and i had met a guy that was a stunt performer for film he does stunts in uh london yeah 
and I met him at skydiving. So he came, he was funny. He came up to me and approached me because I fell asleep on the plane on the way up. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, how can you, he just started skydiving. He's like, how can you just sleep on the plane when you're just about to get out? And I'm like, oh, I was working all night. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a big day. <laughs> I was like, it's like you go highs and lows. I'm just using some excuse. Yeah. And, um, and then we started talking. He's telling me about the stunt stuff. And I'm like, well, I've always want, I've been doing stunts, but I want to do more stunts as, as a career that's that's yeah. awesome like i want to do that and he showed me the kind of things you have to do and all the activities are things that i do for fun this like, is kind of connecting some dots for me yeah, yeah yeah it's like i work all the time and then what do i do on the weekends and then these activities are the type that i do on the weekends so i'm like if you can train in this and work towards a career then fuck yeah i'm gonna go yeah um and it was a benefit to me that i also have a british citizenship Ah. my dad's side is British and I got it when I was a baby so easy like it is alright for Australians to go there for a while anyway so easy now yeah 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 yeah. but when I had that I was like yeah there's no no excuse like I don't know anyone in the UK I don't have any family or anything but I'll just go see how see how it is Uh, like what's the worst that can happen Mm. You, 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 the worst that can happen like you get stuck for accommodation you can always find accommodation just make sure you got enough money in your bank to put you up for a little bit and um, and I fail at I had fun doing the activities if I fail at it I had fun like learning those activities mm. I'd get a new experience so I couldn't see any cons of doing it just went over uh, met all the I started training and I met all the guys there and um, they kind of saw my worth ethic like they see me picking up skills and I'd be there for example gymnastics I'd be there working on one single trick for four hours straight mm. Three, oh, sorry, there's three hour sessions. Three hours straight, I'd just be there fucking myself up over and over again because I was so determined to figure out what I'm doing wrong. And when I did this, it just attracted all the guys that were good at stuff to come give me yeah, tips and stuff yeah, and yeah, help me. Yeah. And since then, I made so many friends, so many friends in the UK. I was not expecting to, but... um. And now, like, we, we all train together and it's so fun to go to places. Like, you have to go to... It's not like a school. You have to find all your different facilities. Yeah, it's kind of like being, like, a mixed martial artist. You've got to have, like, yeah. your jiu-jitsu gym, your boxing gym. You've yeah. got to kind of, like, put together a bit of a program. And then you have to... Like, London's so big and you have to... It just takes an hour to get from one end... No, hour and a half to get from one end to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you have to, like, set yourself up with all these facilities and jump across. So, my days were full. My days were, like wake up in the morning get up and then i have between three to nine hours every day of physical training so Mm -hmm. i'd be jumping from one uh training taekwondo for three hours to gymnastics for three hours uh back to taekwondo again because there was another class here or i'd go do um what else was i doing i was doing swimming high diving trampolining so uh i had to be really good with my time management if i wanted Mm. to do this and because i committed like i didn't want to go there work and then get like just earn money get distracted by work yeah and then you get into like a routine yeah yeah. i've seen a lot of people like my i have like i've seen people go places for a specific reason and then they need to support themselves or whatever but they get a job and then they kind of forget about what they were there for so i didn't want that to happen i was still doing random jobs where i do extra work here and there special action work which is fighting background stuff yeah um but i was pretty much just training full-time it was like i had an hour so say i'd be like training i had an hour on a train that was my time to eat so that was my lunch and then i'd be at the next place and then i'd be the next place and then i'd get home and i'd be exhausted there were points like 
I don't know what was going on, but I was just, I'm so determined right now. This is my path. Yeah. Um, that there were times at nighttime where I pushed my body so hard that my body's shaking. And I didn't realize until I sat down, like if I keep going, it's fine. Yeah. I can't feel it. As soon as I sit down, I'd see my body shaking. And then all of a sudden things would twitch. My yeah. body would twitch and things would start aching really badly. And I wake up in the middle of the night because I'm in so much pain in like muscles and joints and stuff. And it's now gotten to a point where I dream about all my training. Yeah. I wake up in the middle of the night because I kicked. I try to do a taekwondo kick in my yeah. sleep or I try to do a, a pike from gymnastics. Like yeah. I, I literally do the physical movement. Yeah, it's entered your subconscious. Yeah. I and got that with jujitsu. It's really hectic, isn't it? Like yeah. it becomes a bit surreal and you wake up and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the last year before the national championships, I was sleeping on my mate's couch in Melbourne. So they're always down in Melbourne. Mm. I was so fucking nervous. Like, cause I, f- I just, for whatever reason, I just went there and I was like, you just, you have to win. Like, I just felt so much pressure of like having to win that. Mm. And in my mind, like there was just no other thing that could happen was than me winning. And, uh, then I'm, I remember being asleep and I woke up, um, and I was like, I was winning, like in my dream, like I got my hand raised for one flight, <laughs> next flight I ended up like winning and then I stood up and then I woke up and I had like fucking gnarly, like anxiety and I was like sweating and like breathing real yeah. fucking dead. I was like freaking out. And I was like, I just remember being so nervous because I just had that feeling of like, oh, you, like you're going to win. And it felt like I, I was the only one that could fuck it up. Mm. Like it almost was like, it's already over you just can't fuck it up now. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then I was just like, fuck, that's so gnarly. Like, I don't want to fuck it up. Like, I was just so, so sketched out by it. But I was literally dreaming about exactly what I was going to do. I saw the whole thing go down. But then I actually had to do a, like 20 minutes of just like focusing on my breathing, like <laughs> just breathing real deep to stop like the, I guess like that kind of panic state that yeah, I was kind adrenaline. of yeah something like my body was just in like a freak out for like so fucking weird but that shit when you want something bad and yeah. you're like really determined and you've like worked really hard for something and especially the technique side of things like that's what I like the most about jujitsu is technique mm. I really like to execute good technique yeah and uh and and have it work the way that it's supposed to and under like gnarly circumstances too because mm. it's like with um with jiu-jitsu it's like a sequence of movements where because I, I did taekwondo my whole life as a kid oh, okay cool and it's like i so i really enjoyed the technique of taekwondo but it's like a few key movements to do one move whereas jiu-jitsu has like a few key mo- key movements to do one move but then you've got to do another and another and another and another so it's almost like a for one thing to work you've got to do like five or six things right yeah and like I'd have times where I'd go in like float tanks and stuff where I just want to kind of chill out and just relax and I'm just goes fucking black in there I'm literally watching myself do jujitsu and I'm just like <laughs> it gets like it gets frustrating how much yeah. it can enter your subconscious right yeah 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 mine was frustrating me because it kept waking me up yeah. <laughs> like and then I'd be awake thinking about it and I couldn't go back to sleep like oh man and I needed sleep then like <laughs> you are right though like the what you said about just going all in and doing it full time. Like when I came back from America, I just decided that I was going to do this. Like as soon as I did it and I had a couple of the shows go, all right, I stopped looking for anything else to do. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck it. I'll just do it. And I'll, I was like 29 living at my parents 
and that felt shit because mm. I literally <laughs> lived in America alone for you know nearly 10 years with all the free freedom and independence that I could have wanted and then I'm fucking living upstairs at mum and dad's but <laughs> it, like it, it's just what it took I because I knew that if I got a job then being like a driven person I'd get into work and you just you just start to get like a natural divergence and yeah. it, it's real important I think that if you do want something that it's like uh, there's actually a really cool fucking poem I'll send you yeah. it's like by this old Russian dude and it's, and it's basically it's just called All the Way and it's like a guy where he talks about if you want something you have to go all the way at it you can't half do something and expect those results yeah yeah exactly yeah anything like if you if you want something to happen you need to I heard somebody say it the other day they're like um, they're doing really well in some business because of this whole no so this whole COVID thing happened they lost their job and now they've done this they done this online business and they're doing really well and I remember listening to a recording of him saying like the reason he's doing so well is because it's it's sink or swim yeah like he wants it so bad that like What's if it his, doesn't he's got no other choice yeah that's it and because you have that drive that that's what makes it that's what makes you put in way more effort way more time you figure out ways to get around like conflict and stuff you just make it happen because you have no choice yeah and um i like that's what i'm thinking about now it's just like i want this career so badly like more as badly as i can breathe and it's really annoying that i want it so badly yeah. but that's that, fucking cool though when you get to a place where you do want something that bad. yeah so that's that's why i'm like i don't care how much pain and time i have to put into it um that's just my goal do you know why you want it though i don't know no i like i love so the activities are fun yeah so you enjoy the process of getting there yeah so it's like i've always loved pro progress yeah and now this path is like you have to progress and all these skills master all these skills which yeah. i've always loved doing so if you're doing that for a career and then at the same time once you get that certificate or whatever you get into that career there's so much more to learn yeah there's so many things to learn in stunts particularly for film yeah. that you can always you're never going to be a master at everything yeah so that's always going to be there which is really appeals to me that i can i'm always going to be working on myself doing stuff and it's also like a like adrenaline sort of you can get easy jobs where i did do a job for gymshark i did a commercial where i just fell off a treadmill oh yeah so you can get really like simple jobs and stuff but then you get you can you move around as well yeah. it's not in the same place you're always doing different jobs for different people different companies so it'd be like three months or six months on one job and etc but you know it's gonna be a different yeah. scene and yeah, you never yeah. know exactly what you're gonna do yeah um so, i like unexpected yeah like not knowing the same with any workouts and stuff i always change it up so much yeah well you don't like to get stuck into those patterns yeah because you can expect what it's going to feel like what's going to be like i'd rather be excited to find out what it's going to be like yeah um so now now that i've seen that and i'm like i can't think of anything else that interests me so much yeah so that's why i'm like this is like the only way i yeah. have to do this and i want to do everything really well that's why i'm just putting so much energy into it how whereabouts are you with like do you, have you got good contacts in that industry do you think like have you got the kind of contacts where you think that you could be able to get like really in not yet i, I got you yeah <laughs> yeah this whole time i've been like like fuck she should be like kind of a stunt chick like <laughs> my friend uh has he does like 
007, he's done Triple X, wow. he's done Hacksaw Ridge, he's done Pirates of the Caribbean. He's an Aussie dude. That's that, sick. Yeah, so I'd love to link you guys oh, up. Oh, please, like he, please. He's a fucking G. He lives in America now, his whole family's there. Oh. And um, I'm sure he'd, and he's worked, uh, he did Pirates here, he did Hacksaw Ridge here, like on the Goldie. So like he'd know a lot of people. Because I feel like, man fuck for you it's just a matter of time like you're gonna do this shit eh? (laughs) like you are actually gonna do like exactly what you want to do it's fucking cool gonna make it happen one way or another yeah but i think it's definitely the kind of industry where you need um yeah you definitely need to like sort of know people to, to get into it yeah and even like knowing um the right things to do to sort of to like lead into it yeah you know? yeah that's like the one the way to do a stunt certificate in britain is known as the hardest in the world yeah the way to do it in the u.s is just networking yeah like you don't have to do six disciplines like you have to do so we have to do six disciplines master them all get to a certain level do a certain amount of competitions and certain things and then do a test and that takes some people two to five years yeah but if you're if you go to america and if there's an industry and if you know people yeah. you can get in and you're decent enough at certain things yeah. bread and butter is fighting and falling yeah then you can start working like that you ever done much like vehicle stuff it is my dream to learn precision driving yeah that is one of the disciplines but i think it was like uh 16 17 grand yeah just to do the precision driving and when you've got so much training it all adds up yeah so precision driving is probably my number one thing that i want to learn and i'm yeah. going to learn but I just amount of time when I get that money yeah, behind yeah, it. Yeah. We um we just started, well, it's sort of in the process of being set up, but we got like a race simulator and I want to get all of the guests that come on the podcast to like have to throw down a hot lap in an F1 car. <laughs> so when, it, when it's done, we'll have That's to... That's epic. Yeah, and like, because you know how Top Gear does it? Yeah, where like they put yeah. the start, but obviously I don't have a fucking race track. <laughs> so I wanted to get like the... So we got like the sick car simulator and stuff. Oh, and it'd yeah. be really interesting to like put you in that thing yeah. and see like how... Like if you could sort of drive fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the, like you're the type of chick that you're like a five-year black belt in jiu-jitsu and it's like a 10-year thing yeah like even i was even thinking um like just through your instagram and stuff i was like fuck so did this chick do gymnastics as well when she grew up and then with the taekwondo stuff i was like fuck so she did taekwondo as well and i'm like i did nothing yeah in my head five months ago nothing (laughs) so the whole taekwondo thing that's five months. Like, that's how long you've Five been. months. I'm a blue belt now. I've got two more belts. I've got... So, next one will be red and then the next one's black. Yeah, right. But I've been putting in triple the time yeah. that you're supposed to. Yeah. Well, that... Sorry, not supposed to, but triple the time normal people would. Yeah. So, that's why I've been able to get... And my instructor knows this and he's been, like, guiding me. He's, like, me. trying to fast track you, kind of. Yeah, but obviously you you've have to, to the have work. the skill there and you have to put in the hours, etc. which but is But even the... Like, I saw one thing when you were doing your isolation deal. You did, like, the, like, spinning back kick with the, <laughs> with the toilet paper. And, and then both legs, too. I was <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Honestly, I worked on that for so long, too. Like, probably two months before that, I couldn't spin and kick for shit. Mm. Like I was horrific and I was like so annoyed that I couldn't do it. But you can see in that video that I'm sweating because I could do the kick, but it was really hard to like nail it. Like yeah. I wanted it to be, be right. Yeah. yeah. Look, I wanted it to look good to be half powerful. And I had to alternately do it from left to right to left, <laughs> which is like one leg's always really bad. Yeah. And if, if it didn't tick all those boxes, I'm going to stay there and do it for hours until I get it. 
Have you ever thought about like fighting or anything after this now? Yeah, well, I have to do for the discipline, I have to do nine competitions. Yeah. Uh, three of them have to be international or national level, and they have to be. I have to place top three in all, all of the competitions. Wow. So I have to do that eventually. And we have been thinking about me and my instructor have been talking about it to fight. Um, but he wants me to do get up to a black belt first and then fight because he's watched people that have fought and been at a lower belt level and they don't know how to kick yeah, or they don't know how to fight properly and then they'll break bones just from a, a really bad technique and stuff like that. Yeah. And because I'm training so intensely, he doesn't want me to get an injury like that that's going to pull me out from gymnastics, pull me out from high diving. Yeah. It's going to like so stop you like, my whole so process. So you have to get a black belt for this stunt. Yes, yes. You yeah, have to, right. When I say master, you have to get to like top level and all, all the... And so what are the categories? Um, there's nine nine you can choose from. There is gymnastics, trampolining, high diving, swimming, uh, precision driving. There is motocross, but motocross is like you have to... Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, it's like certain levels. It, it would take a long time. Yeah. Um, horse riding, which don't I can... do that also. I can do horse... I can already ride a horse <laughs> yeah. easily, but um, it's just really expensive at the time. Yeah. It, was, it was like an hour what away from where around, I am. <laughs> Yeah. Anyone like my brother's girlfriend's got a horse and I was like... Fuck man, what a what a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like unless you live on a farm. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, you just have to work it out what's going to be the best options for you. So I would love to do tricking on horses and stuff because I can already ride, but it's just not. It just didn't work in um, everything I was doing. And what else is there? There is you have to do one martial art. That's the one you have to choose. The martial and so art. So what made you choose taekwondo? Um, it was I always wanted to learn how to kick. So it was between um, taekwondo and kickboxing. Yeah. Uh, kickboxing I was actually looking at before but then I liked the techniques yeah I feel like the control yeah um, to stunt stuff like it probably would have a little bit more use I reckon yeah Yeah. and so like kickboxing to me looked more powerful and whatever but when you're actually doing stunts you're doing stuff and trying not to get hurt trying not to hurt people so you're fighting you need to be you need to have the precision you need to have the control so like you can do a kick looks like it's just about touch the head but be a couple centimeters from it yeah which is like i saw kickboxing is more just put your power into it yeah like kill the person which is what you're trying to avoid doing on the stunt on the stunt set yeah (laughs) and then so um so you chose the taekwondo then what were the other ones that you chose um i'm also doing boxing but i'm not that's not a discipline i'm just doing boxing for fun yeah um and i'm doing high diving so yep. we have to do all our tricks off 10 meters. So that's like a diving board, like Olympic diving yeah, board. Yeah, yeah. So we're in the... I'm, I've been that training... That seems so random for stunts, but it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's high falls. Actually, I think it's probably one of the more relevant ones that yeah. you use because you do use high falls quite a bit. Um, but it's like they they go to another level. Like you have to have so much control and you have to like do certain movements and then if you land wrong, so say if you do high falls and land on the mat, it doesn't really hurt as much. Yeah. But if you land wrong, water. like going into the water, as it's actually, you know. yeah, it, it hurts. <laughs> I've bruised all my legs like completely and smashed myself so many times. I, I came with, I actually hit my back once from that. I was doing a back dive and I over rotated or something and I hit my back. But then the next day it felt like all my chest muscles had torn. Yeah. Like just the, the penetration through my chest and I, my chest, I couldn't breathe properly for a while and I couldn't move my arms properly for like a good week. And I'm like, wow, this is like, so high diving is actually looked at uh, by the trainees 
as one of the ones to avoid because it's really high injury prone. Yeah. Like okay. if you do something wrong with your arm, you're going to dislocate your, yeah. your um, shoulder. Sure, yeah. But for me, falling is really fun. So that's why I'm doing high diving. I like the water. So did any of the skydive stuff translate like movements in the air and shit or? I think it definitely helped with body control for yeah. me being, um, being able to create those neuro pathways faster mm-hmm. and then just being body aware has helped a lot. Mm-hmm. with everything um that's the biggest thing that i've learned through jujitsu is just like that proprioception that you get of like knowing exactly where your limbs are knowing like the my f- that, that's another thing with your instagram that's cool is like your flexibility stuff that mm. you do because that's something that i've been working on massively and it's just now starting to pay off yeah like, i've been training since my shoulder i've been training a bit and the whole time i was hurt with my shoulder i was stretching a lot still and yeah. like but not just like standard stretching, I guess, like just real weird movements, just trying to like re- do like really deep, weird, like Slavic squats and yeah. and a lot of like foam rolling on like joints to like open my joints up and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. And like, man, now like even fucking plugging shit in underneath the desk and that, like you just, you just feel different. How eh? good is it? Yeah. This is one thing I try to tell people whenever we're talking about flexibility. Yeah, and let's stuff. go in on this. I've <laughs> talked about it so much. People just never put in the work to it. Yeah, people don't see the benefit of it because they don't really see the results. When it's more for me a feeling, it's like I love being able to move in any way possible and not feel any restraints. Yeah, and like sit any way possible, like honestly a lot of time i eat i'm just on the ground like i'm not even sitting in a chair at a table i actually hate sitting like this for too long um i'm always doing something weird and a weird stretch and stuff uh just because it feels so good but when when i also do the the risky stuff and i do my injuries like for example gymnastics i fuck up and land on my head or i land on my arms because i've worked so well on my flexibility mobility my ankle or my shoulder will go completely the wrong way like you can watch in like a video slow motion that looks like it should have dislocated or broken or something yeah but because of the my muscles are so used to now being stretched and moved around it doesn't injure me so people like stop there and they're like oh shit are you okay and i'm like yeah i'm fine let's go again like it's it helps so much with that sort of stuff and people don't even notice like they'll start having back pains but it's a problem that's caused from their leg or something Oh, like vice versa. Um, my friend actually was just talking to him yesterday. He broke his knees flyboarding many years ago and now he's had this massive back problem because yeah. of his knees. Yeah. Um, so now he's, he's now starting to work on it. But I think it's something that everyone should work on. And it's, some, it's something you can do so simply when you're doing another task. Oh, TV, like TV, reading, phone, yeah. laptop, anything. You can be sitting in a, in a stretch or doing a, a slight movement, just stretching out your limbs. It's, yeah. And once you start doing it, it becomes subconscious. I always find myself now, yeah, in stretches when I'm on the ground or whatever. Well, I, um, my living room is jujitsu mats. Oh, sick. So I've got like, (laughs) I got like my couch and I just, I decided 2020 is like a year of the monk. (laughs) (laughs) I got a weird fucking setup running. That's awesome. But, um, so I've just got like a TV. I got a, I put like a, you know, like the, where the fucking TV goes on the wall. Yeah, I like yeah. put a bookshelf there and I was like, all right, no more TV for this year. Like that's kind of done. Yeah. And, uh, I got the couch and then I got my jujitsu mats and I'm never on my couch ever. I just, I'm always sitting on the floor and I've got two foam rollers, like a spiky one and a, just a smooth one. And then I've got one of the Theragun, like massage guns. And then I've got lacrosse balls. Yeah. And like that last night I started playing the sim for, I did it for like an hour and I was fucking over. I sucked. <laughs> and, uh, and then I just got on the ground and I just 
two and a half hours later, I was in like, I don't fucking know what stretches I was doing, but I was just in some weird positions. And I found like, it's so gnarly. Like, do you do much like trigger point stuff on yourself? Like with ball, like lacrosse balls or like massage and stuff? or foam I rollers? do sometimes. I, I guess it's not something I always focus on doing, but I do enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I've that's the thing. I probably got more into that than stretching. Yeah. Um, but now I'm like getting super into stretching, but because my joints feel more mobile, like, so I was, um, for jujitsu, like a butterfly stretch is like a kind of important one. If you can be like knees flat on the ground while you're sitting up, like that's quite useful. Mm -hmm. And, uh, cause I, I kind of had this thing in my head. So I'm a blue belt in jujitsu and I was like, fuck if like when I roll with black belts and stuff, they have this, this this crazy dexterity and this crazy flexibility to where it's like I'm doing the technique right, but because their like their body shuts it down. So in my head, I'm like, fuck, a technique should work if you do it right. Mm. But then I'm watching these guys, and it's like I'll get to like a late stage where I'm almost passing this guy, and then it's like leg comes in, and then then it's back to square one. And I was like, fuck, I wonder like I wonder how much of it is technique and how much of it is just their body is so conditioned over like 10 years. Like you pretty much, there's like a handful of people that'll get like a five year black belt, but that'd be people where like, I could see you doing that. That'd be your level focused, your level of energy, your natural ability and your mindset. There's people that can do it, Yeah. but everyone else is 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I think that over that 10 years, you get stretched in so many different weird unusual positions that you just get that flexibility so it's like you get in the black belt but you're also uh, you've kind of done this phd in mobility and flexibility that you kind of didn't even know you were doing yeah yeah so in my head i was like fuck i wonder if if i work really hard at it and i became like a blue belt that had black belt flexibility where does that then put me like a blue belt that just has standard flexibility how much better is a blue belt that's got black belt flexibility yeah so that just in my head became like a bit of a project to sort of work on but um even like my just injuries are just fucking gone like i i broke my kneecap on a mountain bike like probably four years ago Mm. and my knee's been fucked like i couldn't touch my heel to my ass for for pretty much until three four weeks ago and I went to physio and they're like, yeah, you got a torn meniscus, blah, blah, blah. It'll never get better. It just needs sur- It'll either need surgery or it just is the way that it is. So mm-hmm. if you don't want surgery, just live with it like kind of how it is. And, um, and then I just, now that those mats are down, I was like, oh, I've never really like rolled my quads out. Like I always use the ball in my hammy and I'll stretch my hammies a lot but because my knee was so sore. I never really did quad stretches because my knee would stop before my quad would stretch. So mm-hmm. I just neglected it. Mm. And I was, I just put it down to my knee's fucked. I need surgery. I'll have to work around it. Yeah. And like martial arts is so hard when you can't be on your knees, like, and flat, you know? So then anyway, randomly one night started foam rolling the shit out of my quads because it's fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just laying on the floor. And then probably like half an hour goes by and then I get up and I felt like, all this blood like rushing into my knee kind of but it was like a hard to explain feeling it felt like blood was getting into my knee where it like felt like it never got in there for like a really long time and i was like fuck my knee feels pretty good and then whenever i would close my knee it would just pop like a loud crack every time and so i moved it no pop and i was like fuck i wonder if i could wonder if like i could sit and 
sit on my heels like a little bit better gone pain was completely yeah gone. amazing i was just like what the fuck and it was an hour maybe or like two hours of just kind of rolling out my quads and then uh and then the so i kind of had that in my mind for a while so now like the same with my shoulders and so all the little aches and pains my and my hip um my hip's always been a problem so like i couldn't do a deep butterfly stretch mm. because this right hip like this one would go pretty much down and then this one stayed up here mm-hmm. but it wasn't my groin that was getting stretched it was the same sort of thing as my uh my hip uh, my knee but then that sort of half fixed my hip as well so then i started getting deeper into that butterfly squat and then i've had like my big toe same thing like just wouldn't bend and it was just like yeah because i broke it and they're like yep now nah, it's fucked and need surgery and then there's so much stuff that even as silly as it sounds like my your toe not working like there's so much shit that i couldn't do and it was like, uncomfortable so then i just got in there and i just like i do my butterfly stretch but the whole time i'd sit there and i'm like kneading away at my like the ball underneath of my toe mm-hmm. toe works now oh yeah it's, it's incredible how it works it's crazy hey? eh? i had um uh, a big like I had this ball that came up on the back. Oh, I think it was my, it was either my groin or my hamstring. It was a massive ball. And it's like, sorry, before the ball came up, all of a sudden I started feeling these like pains in my quad. And I'm like, Oh, that's weird. Like I just probably hurt myself, whatever. And then two days later, all of a sudden now nowhere there's this ball. And I'm like, like inside your muscle. Like, yeah, it was on my leg. I couldn't figure it out. It was so painful. It felt like my groin had torn. Yeah. But then there was a ball there, which didn't kind of make sense. And I'm like, is it a cyst or something? Like, this is fucked up. And then um, I just couldn't believe how quickly it came up. And then all of a sudden I'm feeling tingling in my hips. Yeah. And um, yeah, so my quads hurting, my hamstrings hurting, my groins feels like it's torn, tingling in my hips. And um, I quickly, I had this, uh, luckily had this massage already booked or sports massage. And he goes and tells me that it's a knot. Yeah. And I'm like, how does a knot be like that, that big? Yeah. It's like, like almost half a tennis ball. Yeah. And um, he's just like, it's just overuse. You've just been using it way too much and it just builds up, builds up. And then all of a sudden it, it um, joins together. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I started doing the, the whatever, you know, the guns that you get yeah, yeah. that really needles into it. Yeah. And it took me hours and hours while just needling into it. And then honestly, once I did that and I stretched for a while, the next day, everything was back to normal. Everything was fine. The ball went away. I was like, whoa. It's crazy, eh? Yeah. I couldn't believe the the pins and needles that I was getting because yeah. it felt like some nerve thing. And I'm like... Yeah. Well, that's what it is. Like, your muscles actually contract. So, there's like these columns through your muscles that your nerves will actually run through. And a lot of times you hear people that say like they got sciatic nerve and stuff. Mm. Their glutes and hamstrings get so tight around those um those pathways through your muscles that the nerves run through it constricts the nerves and then that's why you get the nerve pain yeah but it's just you know, so interesting how it could be something somewhere else yeah like it's nowhere even around the injury it could yeah. just be somewhere else and wow well yeah. that's like my knee all that pain from my knee was just my quads just being insanely tight and they're still um like last night i did it again for ages and i'm just like in fucking agony like on just this spot and it it's it's quite hard like you've got to kind of bridge like get in like a bridge position and just like position your body so it's like just to where this pain is like excruciating and then you want to tense your quads mm. to like resist against the pain yes yeah you tense to resist the pain but all you're doing is like tightening up that muscle even more and it's just protecting itself from that pain that pain is nerve pain 
that you're feeling so then when you can just relax and relax and relax then that muscle will let go and you, i get times where like my quad will probably sink an inch because mm. that's how tight the muscle is yeah and it'll just let go and like it takes so so long to actually fully get your body right out of those kind of um i guess like imbalances that you that you yeah, get yeah but i had a this that whole thing started for me when i i went to a physio one day because my back was fucked i was driving home from surfing one day i started surfing a lot when i lived in california mm. and we'd have to drive 45 minutes to the beach 45 minutes back and uh one day i was driving and we had like this little convertible bmw and i was just in the seat and i just felt my back like locking up mm. i was like what the fuck is going on here and then i had i stopped pulled the car over i had to recline the seat and like get out of the seat while the, it was reclined like i couldn't even sit up straight and then i laid in the back and then my buddy drove home oh, so then shit. i ended up going to the physio what had happened and you can actually see like when i got my shirt off the this right side muscle like of where my shoulder blade is is like twice as big but it's from holding a camera so all of those years we had like these really heavy like red cameras and stuff and so i got all of this scar tissue started to develop around my shoulder blade and so i was convinced i'd fuck my back i was like dude like i'm in trouble here like i'm in america i got no health insurance my back's fucked like Mm. and then he just gave me a foam roller and a lacrosse ball and he's like go home dude and just fucking lay on this shit until the pain goes away and then I got really into it with my back. And then ever since then, and like then the jujitsu just made me take it even further. But like, I just wish that every single person that had any kind of pain in their body would just fucking get that, get some like mats on the floor and just spend like an hour, whether it's like social media or reading or fucking TV, man. Like you want to have guilt-free TV, yeah. guilt-free TV where yeah. you don't feel like a piece of shit yeah. for watching fucking Game of Thrones for eight hours. <laughs> Stretch the whole time. Yeah. Like, absolutely. It'll completely fucking change your life. Yeah. And as so many people I see as well, like they get an injury and they're like, oh, I'm injured. I need to rest it yeah. and not move it. So then it heals. But it just locks it up more. Yeah. It makes it worse. And I've figured that out over the years. Like you just as soon as I actually get injured as long as it's I don't think it's a break or something I'm trying to move it around I'm trying to warm it up I'm trying to stretch it out even though it might feel a little bit painful yeah like I'm gonna try keep it moving and all of them recover fine yeah but as soon as like I experience something where I'm lying in bed yeah it it makes it 10 times worse and then it stiffens up and then it's more of a problem later on yeah when did you start like doing flexibility because you're insanely flexible now (laughs) like was it hard for you to get like that or did that come kind of naturally i've that was one thing i just always did randomly as a kid kind of thing like you liked that just from a young age even yeah i wouldn't say i focused on uh, any yoga or stretching particularly i just do random back bends and stuff just to like play around with my friends just do some stupid thing um it was when i started doing so i was i was always loved moving but when i started training uh when i was like eight 17 or something started doing like gym work yeah i could feel my body and i could feel it stiffening up because when you add muscle it obviously tightens your muscles yeah um so i could feel that i was getting less mobile and less um flexible and all of a sudden i couldn't do certain things and i hated the feeling so i'm like well i need to focus on this a bit more so now like 
I've I don't know if I've like I do sessions now and again because I'm, now I'm at a point where I'm like flexible my body yeah. feels pretty flexible in general but at the beginning yeah I was spending almost as much time stretching and trying to be more mobile as I would working out yeah because you that's what you need to do if you, yeah. if you are somebody that trains you need to stretch and whatever focus on that just as much yeah otherwise you're gonna be a big like stiff muscle ball muscle ball yeah Yeah. what got you into the weightlifting stuff to start with uh i'd always wanted to do an activity growing up always wanted to do some sort of sport that i couldn't do so then finally when i could i had the opportunity i was dating a guy and we both at the same time were like oh let's join a gym let's just go work out and at the same time (laughs) little did he know (laughs) (laughs) at the same time i read somewhere that for anything if you want it to make a habit you need to do it for 90 days or whatever so we made this agreement okay let's go to the gym 90 days straight like no stick to it yeah he did actually um he got really into it now like now he's a, a bodybuilder wow yeah like he's massive like i haven't seen him in a while but I, I follow his instagram and he's like he kept at it just gym i yeah. I, I broke off and went skill-based stuff because I, I enjoy that more than just lifting like, weights yeah the repetitive side of that yeah probably doesn't do much for you yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i always wanted to get strong and just be um stronger so i focused on that for a while just doing gym stuff until it got boring and then yeah went and did more for me more exciting stuff and then just kept training like if i i want to stay physically fit but i want to be working on either a skill or Mm. doing something different um yeah so since then i just i've had such an active sporty life but yeah Yeah. growing up as a kid didn't do any of it it's so crazy like you do you know how fascinating your story is (laughs) i know i'm different have you ever really like told you've never told it like in, no. I guess in this format, maybe. No, I haven't. I haven't. So it's like fucking gnarly. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, I've always known I'm a bit different. Um, but, uh, but... All right, so what do you think is different about yourself then? Like, if you said I've always known I'm a bit different, like, in your head, what does that look like? Um, that I just... I, I guess I like... When I want to do something, I do it. Don't put it off. And then, like, the way I eat, the way I train is... I notice a difference between other people mm. um i get really focused and determined on whatever it is i want to do if i'm going to do something i'm going to do it well even if it's nothing to do with physical stuff stunts or anything whatever i do i just i wanted to do it well and i'm willing to put in the time and effort and um my brain just i just think about it non-stop until i get there yeah because so you're like an obsessive personality yeah, yeah. um and I've always, I don't know, I, I guess the biggest thing is that I haven't had as much of a fear factor compared to other people. Yeah. A lot of people are scared to try things or scared to go places or scared to do this, this, this without saying that they're scared, but you can yeah. tell. Whereas if I, like, I'm just like, do it. It had to be the way that you're brought up or like the way that you weren't brought up, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so the last couple of months, more and more people, I guess I've been posting more on social media, more and more people asking me opinions and stuff and um, getting me to talk about it. And now I'm like trying to think about mm. why I'm like I am. I, I haven't, I haven't figured it out, but like I, I'm going back in the past and seeing reasons why I do certain things. Yeah. But yeah, it's been really interesting. It's fucking it's so interesting. Like, and I mean, the, the thing that um, a lot of chicks will not chicks a lot of people um, you obviously being a chick but <laughs> they'll do shit for the gram yeah and it was like uh, I've got a friend she does jujitsu and she's like a fucking smoke show like <laughs> an 11 out of 10 and she's like 
just full on in jujitsu. Yeah. And I'm like, when I first saw a, a Instagram, it was just very like posing mirrors, you know, front of the mirrors and that sort of, and I was, I, I ended up comment though, like messaging or comment. I'm like, do you really train? Like, what's the deal with like you actually doing this? Like, is it for the gram? Cause like that stuff just kind of shits me. Cause it seems like false advertising yeah. when people are like really into something or they're doing something for this or the, and it's like, fuck, you just want to wear the clothes. You just want to do that. And then you just want to take the photo and you want to post about it. Yeah, And yeah. it's like that whole, if it's, if you don't post it, it didn't happen kind yeah. of mentality. And like that to me is always kind of giving me the shits. And I never like, it ends up that chick's actually fucking super into jujitsu. Like mm. she's lives in China and flies around Asia doing competitions by herself. Oh, and so, and it's cool. And I got like so much respect for that. Yeah. And, with you i never knew like i didn't know whether there was a bit of that like doing it for the gram thing going on and then what fucking changed my mind was that run uh, i just was like <laughs> i was like she's not fucking, there's no way she's doing this shit for the gram. you just don't do that shit for the gram you get a fucking bus back from tweed i was like this is some fucking next level shit but it's like it's cool and it's it's cr- like I just had no idea that like the story that you had like it's <laughs> it's so gnarly like what you've gone through and like I mean I'm sitting here inspired by the shit that you do you know like it's fucking really cool and if people are asking you to open up more about it like I think that that's definitely something that you should do because fuck man people can learn a lot from you like I'm learning a lot from <laughs> you, you know? yeah it's that's that's really good to hear I guess that's like if you look at my Instagram, probably a couple of years ago, I don't post much, yeah. like as much. The last since COVID, I've started to post more because um, I actually have people, friends, and stuff getting inspired, and they're messaging me saying that they're inspired, and that makes me feel amazing. Yeah, I love being able to help inspire people. But yeah, with all the activities, I was doing that way before, like just doing random shit all the time. Yeah. And now I've decided, to, yeah, maybe I should get uh, get content out for people to show that you can do a lot yeah. of stuff. Like, it, you can push yourself really hard and you can do a lot of fun stuff, like, yeah. all the time. You don't have to wait for it to be, like, a special like, uh, holiday for you to go do fun stuff or yeah. something like that. I definitely... I'm not sure where it comes from or if it's just, like, my own personal experience, but a lot of girls just don't seem to want to embrace new things and new challenges and do things the way that you seem to. And I've got a friend, Megan Hall, she rides uh, motocross mm. and she's like a, like literally a monster model and gets paid to look good essentially. Mm. And she risks it all on this motocross bike that she's got. And she's like so into it and it's so cool to see. And she's like, inspiring uh, a lot of people she actually just fucked herself up the other day she broke her leg really bad Ooh. which is like I'm like I don't ride motocross yeah like, I know it sucks but yeah. um but yeah I mean for whatever reason like I just don't meet a lot of girls that want that or want to live like that and to me like I yeah I don't know I don't what like what do you think about that I know I agree and I think like I have a lot of friends and stuff that are always messaging me, asking me about like, and they tell me, oh, I want to do that. I want to try this and I want to do that. I'm like, just do it. Do it. Like yeah. I had a girl in the house. Um, I said, oh, I'm going to go do my gun safety course uh, today. She's asked me what I was doing. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go uh, shoot some guns to get my safety 
license and she's like oh I want, that's on my bucket list I want to do I that this year I was going to say I don't know where this is going yeah she literally said oh that's one of my things to do this year and I'm like it's literally just come do it today you yeah. have time let's go <laughs> like you just like I yeah. don't understand why people put that thing off yeah I get it if, if their dream is to go to like uh, Bora Bora or whatever and like do mm. this activity there yeah you can't just tomorrow pick up and leave but there's simple things that you can do like you want uh, also friends want to do skydiving they keep talking about it all the time I guess mm. that's another it's a bigger step to take because yeah, that is a scary yeah but people say that they want to do it if you actually really want to do it just go book a date yeah figure it out with your schedule book a date and go do it yeah um, so I think that's a big thing that people keep putting off and that's why I've liked to now post more content because I'm showing that you can like just do it just like you can do, yeah and it's so fun. Like, life is so fun when you're just doing all the activities you want to do. People just think, I'm like, it's a joke and I'm on a holiday all the time. But I, I just, I'm living. You're just fitting it in, yeah. Yeah. And say, the biggest thing is, like, say something happened to me tomorrow. I would not regret a single thing I've done as much as I possibly can in my life so far mm. that I've wanted to do. There's no thing on my bucket list that I'd be like, oh, I wish I did that. I regret not doing that. Mm-hmm. So say everything ended tomorrow, I'm happy. And that's what I want to keep living like for the rest of my life. Like there's always a new thing that comes on my list, mm. but I want that to continue. And I, yeah, I just hope that I don't know how to get it through to people. Like I guess talking mm. about it's going to help more and showing that, um, showing it to people. But uh, um, I've, I've noticed a lot of girls particularly, they're just too scared to get out of uh, their comfort their zone. Comfort zone. Yeah. Is it, do you think that it's a thing that because um, it's something that I've struggled with in relationships to be honest mm. where I will constantly be doing shit and I've got shit I want to do like I've got yep I'm going to be here 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 and then I'll probably be home like 30 minutes before I want to go to bed mm. and it's like but to me I'd always be like you could do that too and like it'd be cool like I don't you know what I mean to me I don't need to be at home for like five or six hours with someone and do or I guess all just like the normal shit yeah it's like I kind of got stuff I want to do and then when you're around when you're doing stuff like that and it gets really hard like I wake up when I'm training hard for jiu-jitsu like I can't walk in the mornings mm. like my feet are so sore from people ripping my fucking feet off yeah they're like I can barely walk in the morning it's like I kind of need motivation like I'm struggling because shit hurts I don't really want to go to training like you know like i need someone that is gonna be doing that same shit where it's like fuck if she's like you know what i mean if yeah, she's doing it, i yeah, gotta definitely. do it like i i want that yeah. and it's like i don't know yeah i just don't know exactly what it is that makes that seems to make and look there's a lot of fucking guys out there that don't do shit either. yeah so it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. this is a girl's thing yeah but i'm just sort of speaking from my own experience but I don't know whether it's a thing where there's like more judgment in the world of girls from like a younger age. There's more pressure to conform as a girl. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm not sure that boys have that same thing growing up. It's like boys can kind of do whatever the fuck they want in a way. And it's like, you're not really going to get judged as hard or, or even that judgment kind of like teasing and stuff. Like I think every kid gets teased, like every, you know, boy gets teased, but Mm. that, that teasing for boys seems to want to make you rebel and like go a little bit harder. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. Like I just, I wish I could know, like know what that's like for girls to, to make them feel like that. 
Yeah. That's a hard one for me. Like, I, I definitely wonder why that is. Yeah. I, I also see, like, a lot of... Um, I guess it's just the female, like, like they're more concerned, like typically, sorry, very stereotypically, yeah. more concerned. Yeah, we're generally speaking, this is not everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. More concerned on like looking good and having a rich lifestyle. Like I've, I'm sorry, not everyone, but a few people looking good, rich lifestyle, things like that. And they don't have to do, uh, they're not, that's what they see as a good life. Yeah. Um, rather than experiences and that's each their own and if that's what makes them happy that's it but then they don't see that the, the need to go do all this activities and stuff but I just yeah. don't think they're exposed to it yeah if I don't know yeah I really don't know how to talk about this because it might be something to do with like dependence mm. they feel like they need somebody else to to push them to do something or they need to see or they need to have friends doing it or something they're not as open just to go try something by themselves Mm. and i find like you also see a lot of girls that have started certain cool activities but it's just been because their boyfriend at the time has pushed them into that i mean it's great that they actually went in and did it like i 100 percent suggest that but um they just i don't think they have come from like themselves yeah and um that's that's the thing i've always been avoiding relationship at the moment because it's hard to find somebody that's going to stay on my sort of level Mm. wanting to do all this stuff at the same time and if you don't have that then it's always like pulling you back Mm -hmm. like i'm not saying that they're negative in your life but they're they're stopping you from doing certain things even subconsciously just their attitude and like Mm. their motivation for things just puts you off a bit yeah um yeah i wouldn't know how to even suggest yeah, because you're just a person that's like whatever, like you've just got it. And yeah. I think that you're, I think that there's types of people where like you've got what you've got and you sort of don't know why. And now you're trying to like reverse engineer it yeah. in a way. <laughs> Figure it all out. Whereas like, I think I'm the opposite person where it's like I've kind of created all the things that I've got yeah. because I thought about it, if yeah. that makes sense. And I think that there's, yeah, there's just sort of like different different levels of that like my mate harry bink i'm not sure if you've ever heard yeah of i've heard of harry yeah. yeah he's he's you he's just a fucking dude you. <laughs> and he's just like he's got all these he got to a point where he did start to think about like why am i like this why am i like that and he's got all these like amazing philosophies and he's got all this like really cool shit that he lives by it's, it's like dumb shit but it's him like he says yeah. oh every day i just suck the day's dick <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's just like this fucking <laughs> retarded philosophy but it's like it makes so much fucking sense like every day is like oh it's real easy just get up and suck today's dick it's like <laughs> i really can't fucking argue with that you yeah. know and then his other things like nothing's awkward yeah and yeah. It, you know and he's just like he's just made these decisions yeah it's and a, then he just all lives, mindset yeah and then he just like staunchly lives by these decisions and he says uh there's no such thing as a hangover they'll fucking bend her for like three days and then i'll see him run past my apartment at six in the morning i'm like god i saw what you were doing just doesn't give a fuck yeah yeah but yeah there's there is though those people exist and then they've got to kind of like think about why and it's, it's yeah you can learn so much from those people I do remember growing up and never wanting to be different. Like, I was always with older people 
my friends typically were older and I used to lie about my age all the time. Because mm. I, How old it, are you? I'm 23. 23? Fuck, you're so young. Wow. I, this, I don't usually tell people, at the, like, for a while. I can cut that out if you want. <laughs> no, 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 that's but. fine. Like, uh, like, I'm happy to tell people now, but for a long time I didn't tell people my age because... I'd be talking about all this stuff um, and they think I'm older, but as soon as I say I'm younger, then they all of a sudden looked at me differently, uh, especially when I, before I was 18. Mm. Up until 18, I always said I was like three or four years older. Yeah. Um, just because, yeah, as soon as you say like, oh, I'm this, and they put you in this, I don't know, oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing this activity or maybe we shouldn't speak yeah, about this. Yeah, they want to like put you in cardboard or like a, a bubble wrap or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just put you in a category all of a sudden. I never wanted that to happen with being a female. Yeah. Like, that's what I think a lot of females should look at. Just try and think in your mind that you're not either a male or a female. Yeah. And just do... It doesn't matter what guys do or what girls do. Just go with whatever <laughs> the fuck you want to do. Yeah. So a lot of the sports and stuff, typically, I'm usually the only girl doing... Like, yeah. a lot of the time, the only girl doing it. But just because I'm trying to differentiate, it's like if a guy can do this, I can do this. Like yeah. they might be just physically stronger and stuff, but like girls can get stronger than a lot of guys. Yeah. Like genetically, they're always going to have that advantage. But if you work hard enough for anything, then you can get just as good. Yeah. At anything. It's fucking cool. <laughs> it's a yeah. It's a yeah. You've just got and fuck. I didn't know you were that young. Like. <laughs> It's fucking crazy. Like, you, you, the sky's the limit for you, eh? Like, you could literally do anything. Like, whatever fucking dream job, whatever goal that you've got in your head. Like, you you are young enough to do fucking anything. It's crazy. Like, so much potential. It's insane to see. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Um, see, this COVID, I don't even think it's been that bad for... Mm. Well, so you bought, like, that gymnastics mat thing so you can yeah, keep training, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not cheap either, but I was like, I actually got that before I decided to get a car. Uh, it's more like I needed to, I need to keep training, and there's certain things that I can only do in a facility. Mm. Like obviously, at the moment, I can't fight, like just train fighting taekwondo because I don't have anyone that else that does that, or I don't have coaches there, I don't have the setup, the mats, mm. etc. Same with gymnastics. I was trying things outside. I was going into. I did my first like backflips and stuff on hard ground which i was so happy with and mm. that this whole situation pushed me to do that um but so you've just had to like find the little wind you can have yeah 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 like like i know some people would look at this and be like gymnastics is closed i can't do gymnastics mm -hmm. so i need to do something else i'm gonna stay at home and do this yeah but when i look in it and i look at all the stuff that i need to do in gymnastics i'm like i can do this outside or i can set it up like this so i can do this and this and this so there's always something you can work on in that like there's an element of parkour in that i mm -hmm. can work on my parkour there's an element of balance in that i can work on my balance like you just need to figure out whatever environment you're in and mold it to that rather than just putting in it oh nah too hard basket yeah too hard basket so uh, I've just been doing that. So I got the gymnastics mat just because I've been doing things outside and I, uh, it's starting to hurt my joints a bit just because of the hard impact. Yeah. And for my exam... Do you take like fish oil and stuff like that? I don't take any supplements. Shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably should look into it more. I did take supplements for a while when I first started the whole gym. Yeah. Then I got turned off supplements because they made me feel crap and I hated the taste of them and stuff. I'm sure yeah. there's some good ones out there now. Yeah. Uh, but I just got turned off and then I just... It's fish oil for your joints though. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I got a buddy. Yeah. Um, he used to play in the NRL 
and he's like fucking freak genetic dude like i actually grew up with him his dad was like this big um samoan like kiwi guy mm. and uh he brandon was like five years old and just flipping tractor tires down the road like his dad so his whole life he's just fucking huge but anyway he's one of those he's like a legit legit power lifter that can move like serious weight like when we were kids he was bench pressing i want to say like fuck like 120 or 160 as a 15 wow. 60, like yeah like he's a fucking animal so anyway his joints just get thrashed yeah. and uh last time he came and stayed with me he said he takes like 10 12 fish oil tablets a day and that's like if he doesn't his joints just go to shit so that's probably something worth worth yeah, trying and yeah. then i've wanted to do that for jiu-jitsu as well like obviously the fucking joint stuff that you go through with jiu-jitsu but yeah. um but yeah like supplements it is important like, yeah and i think that the further you go along with your training and this career i think that you'll sort of find that you'll need to start doing stuff like that yeah yeah I think so that as well. <laughs> yeah the i think it, it was starting to be like the repetitiveness of just like yeah hard. constant impact yeah um so i thought about it and i was just like well i'm either gonna get injured or i should just get a mat <laughs> yeah because i know I'll, I'll push myself to a level like if i don't have a mat i'm gonna keep doing it so i will go too far um so i was like i'll just get a mat and then uh, it's been awesome now i can do everything on it and things like taekwondo all i need is just to practice kicks and practice yeah. forms and then with i can't do high diving or uh trampolining don't have a trampoline because mm-hmm. trampolining you need to do that like the high level flips and stuff and you need a good trampoline and te- um you need a coach but the biggest thing i'm doing now is filming myself like for hours i have so much storage on my phone uh no storage on my phone all the time because everything I'm doing now I'm filming because I don't have a coach or I don't have people there to help me spot my mistakes um, or help me improve. So now I'm filming and then I'm going and looking at somebody that does it really well and comparing it and seeing what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. So like that evaluation process and then fixing it up. So I have been able to keep progressing in some ways just not like 100%. Yeah. Is um, Is there a lot of like YouTube and shit with Taekwondo? um yeah there's some things out there it's it's hard to find um stuff that because everyone has like kind of different practice yeah i usually just hit What's up your my coach version of taekwondo like because i did re-taekwondo when i was young mine's wtb i think yeah okay because yeah. there's all like the different like yeah. associations of it right yeah so sometimes like some forms will be a bit different but luckily, I had my coach just sent a message being like, hey, can you send me a video of forms so I can just... So, like, the patterns, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. the patterns. We, we, used to, we used to call them patterns. Yeah, yeah, patterns. Yeah. And um, and then things with kicks and stuff, it's just, like, uh, just any anything on YouTube. You just type in what type of kick it is and you can find it. Yeah. YouTube's amazing. It's crazy, yeah. Yeah, I've learned so many random things just by... Like, you know, teach yourself almost anything on there. It's gnarly, eh? Yeah, you just have to be careful, like, for things like um, learning how to backflip. People are like, you can learn how to backflip in one day. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> learn, do the splits in one day. I'm like, yeah. motherfucker, I've been trying for a long time yeah. to do the splits and that shit ain't working. Yeah, yeah. So, like, time, everyone works differently and it does take time. Like, I know for me, jumping in gymnastics was always a struggle. I'm good at doing the flip side of it, like the tuck and the holding and throwing it but the actual lift yeah the lift and some people genetically have it amazingly they can just jump and they're really they really high off the ground but for me that's i struggled with that especially for backflips and things like that so it took me a long lot longer than do it in a day do it in five days it's just like everyone has different 
uh, um, problems. Yeah. Their body works differently. So it's like Mortal Kombat. You get like the fucking aggression and then you get the, you know what I mean? Like you get all power, health, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We all kind of have that shit. Yeah, so as long as like you can find it all on YouTube but just don't expect, oh, if you're not making it in this certain time, Mm. don't like put yourself down or don't stop or anything. Just know that you need longer. You need to train a bit harder in certain parts but Mm. yeah definitely like film yourself and then compare it to other people or like if you're learning another skill obviously it's just like yeah do you have much of like a support network around you doing this kind of stuff or you really like doing this shit kind of just trying to make it happen yourself my uh so i met when i went to london met all my friends um a lot of them already oh there's quite a few of them already stunt performers yeah so I can always message them and get info off them. They're, they're watching my stuff all the time, sending yeah. messages here and there. Um, but when it comes to, like, pushing myself or, like, knowing what to learn next, that's all me. I just yeah. need to figure it out. Uh, but they're always there if I have questions. Yeah. But and they're not there holding me accountable for things or anything like that. They're just there to... Seems like you kind of got that shit dialed out yourself. Mm. Um, what's, like, your dream jobs and like what's the direction that you'd like to go in that whole world i reckon stunt doubling like just being um i'd love action movies that's where most of the stunts are i'd love to be doing like precision driving and fighting and just being like i always had a dream as a kid to be a spy yeah it's to do that like really ninja stuff and like uh, take down people so that that type of thing like doing stunt doubling I reckon I feel like you could almost be a spy in real life <laughs> <laughs> I've been joking about a bit I'm like guys say, just, I'm just lying I'm not doing stunts I'm just trying to be a spy I was gonna say just fucking like go to the government and be like wait you got anyone like me? <laughs> didn't think so what, what do you need me to fucking do? <laughs> yeah I've been really interested actually I almost joined the army a couple of years ago but I didn't want to put away uh, six years I didn't want yeah, to yeah like, I was gonna say to, it just seems like you've got a higher level than that. yeah but i at the time i thought it was like really intense training and stuff apparently it's a lot easier when i went into the application did the fitness test of it it was so easy and i'm like oh this is not very hard and then when i was reading the david goggins book um seeing like what they had to do back the in the seals, day yeah. in the seals yeah. hectic and i'm like how do i get that training like i know it's brutal but i want to i'm so interested to have a physical uh, push myself physically into my limit. I want to see where my limit is because I've yeah. never done that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, what is, I was going to say, like, what's like the gnarliest thing you think you've done physically? Physically. In terms of like pushing yourself. I almost, well, I didn't do it. Um, I, I had convinced myself I was going to do a base jump off a mountain. Oh, did you go up with a dude and then yeah, he jumped off and you yeah, did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. he, he's a professional. He done so many base jumps. Do you know anyone here that does it? I do know a couple people um, just from the skydiving. There is probably two people, but it is illegal in Australia. Yeah. I know a, f- a friend that's jumped off the Q1 and stuff yeah. like that, but um, I haven't spoken to them in a while, so I have yeah. to reconnect. But is his name Jeff by any chance? Yeah. <laughs> 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 he does jujitsu. Well, I've known Jeff for fucking... He's been on the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I've known Jeff forever. I, I was... Uh, he got fucking gypsied hard the first time I met him. I was uh, I was probably like 18 or something. And then me and him drove to Port Macquarie, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, first time I'd ever met him, I just jumped in the car. <laughs> and we drove to Port Macquarie and we ended up staying together for like this wakeboard comp. But um, yeah, he's a fucking G. That's why I was wondering if you knew him because he's like pretty... 
Like he's yeah, fucking gnarly with yeah, that shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember meeting him and talking to him quite a bit all the time when I was back here last time in Byron yeah, yeah. jumping. Um but yeah, that week I was meant to so the progression for base jumping is supposed to do off bridges and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, that was, it was wingsuit base too. It wasn't just base. He right? was doing wingsuit. I was oh, just gonna just do gonna base. base. Yeah. yeah. Um and it was kinda like, okay, we're gonna go up them um here and we're gonna go try and do bridge jumps. Yeah. That was the plan. And I had a rig with me and everything and then um the weather was shit, so we couldn't do it. We couldn't go to because we're gonna jump across to France and do it there, but we couldn't do it. He wanted to go jumping, so he he went up this mountain. I remember being the drive uh, pickup car to get him. I went and dropped him at some point and picked him up, and it was so scary for me because I watched him do the base jump. I've never seen a base jump before. Yeah. Watched him do the wingsuit base jump. So loud. It sounds like a plane. Yeah, I'm like, like, holy shit, yeah. yeah. And then I lost him, and I didn't actually see him open up because the trees were everywhere. Yeah. So I'm like, I went in kind of like a little bit of a panic because I'm driving around. where you were at. Like you, it would have looked the whole time like he was going to hit everything. Yeah, it was twice where I watched the wingsuit. The first time I was in the trees, so I saw him go above me and go like that, and that was so fucking fast. I was like, when he was that close, and I was just zooming past, I was like, holy shit! But I couldn't find him for half an hour, and I'm driving around this You're village. Just thinking this dude's fucking. Yeah, himself. I'm like Alex, like screaming out the window for thirty minutes, and eventually I find him on the road. Um, so, so he didn't we, put a phone in his pocket or something? No. Oh, he didn't. No, there's no reception there. Uh, yeah. And then he, we hadn't organized the where we we're going to pick up, where we we're going to meet, which is the dumbest part. We should have organized yeah. that. Anyway, I feel like that's like the easiest part of base jumping. Yeah, it's just like yeah. figuring out where yeah. the fuck you're going to meet. <laughs> and then um, he's and then he's talking to me, being like, he knows my skill level. He knows that I pick up things really quickly, and that I'm not afraid. At, like with those things if you've got fear in your mind then that causes you to make mistakes yeah but i feel like not having fear in your mind can also fuck you up in yeah base yeah definitely definitely 100 percent. like you need to be very switched on to do base jumping it's very actually technical um that's the ones that live are the like very smart yeah at figuring that shit out um but yeah anyway he knew my ba- my level and he goes you know what if these guys are coming to film his base jump um if the weather is good you can jump off and do your first base jump off this mountain and then for the f- like a couple of days i was back and forth i'm like nah don't do it like oh should i do it and i was watching these videos of people dying and then fuck that <laughs> i mean you need to if you're gonna do base jumping you need to watch people fuck up really yeah you like that, that you need to know what's what can go wrong so you can avoid I feel like it. I, need, I could know that without actually watching some kind of die <laughs> it's fucking hectic. but there's just so many different things that can go wrong so if you watch it and then that that puts you in a mindset if, if it's really worth it. Like, is this is this yeah. moment worth doing it? Is it worth risking death? Um, so I was backs and forth nonstop and like, yeah, I shouldn't be doing this. It's not worth it. <laughs> and then <laughs> um, eventually, like, that was just a mindfuck for me. And then eventually um, he's like, okay, let's walk up the mountain and just see. So, but the mountain was like a, a six or seven hour hike round trip. Like it was three hours up and it was really steep. So I, and the rig uh, really heavy. It was, I was carrying like two thirds of my body weight on my back. So we did this massive hike up and then he's telling me the whole time he's talking to me about it. He said, for like base jumping, there's people that do these massive hikes to go base jumping. You need to have a strong enough mind that if you're up there and that wind isn't perfect or you can walk away. Yeah. You can walk back down that mountain or like yeah. if you're starving, you've walked up there, have no food, no water. People do like day hikes and stuff or whatever to get to a spot that they want to jump. Um, if it's not perfect, uh, the people are like, if it's like, uh, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, 
usually you should be like no yeah if it's a maybe condition you should just be like no yeah um but if people have walked up for hours hungry thirsty the the night's falling they're gonna get lost on the way back they eventually just say oh no fuck it i'll jump yeah and then that's where the biggest mistakes happen because they jump and weather that's not perfect yeah so we did the hike and i got up then i convinced myself i was like yep okay i'm gonna do this i'm ready for this um it's like i walked to the edge looked over yep ready for this and then alex he actually got a bit panicky because he had to fly with a drone and that was putting another panic in his mind and then he because he was my coach he didn't want to stress about me at the time Mm. so he's just like the weather was good but he's like Bridget, I don't want you to jump because I, I, I'm freaking out right now and I need to be in a... Yeah, he needs to be in his zone. Yeah, he needs to be in the perfect mindset to do this. So I'm like, I was so upset. I was so disappointed, so frustrated. But I'm like, you're saying that and then I'm accepting that. That's fine. I'm walking yeah. away. So I did the three-hour hike back down with the cameraman. But that was like... And then, and then afterwards I thought like, I want to do base jumping, but I can put it off. It's not yeah. something that... Like, it's not something that tomorrow if I die, like, I'm not going to regret it. But if it is something that I potentially would want yeah. to do to try not get into full time but it was something I potentially want to but that was yeah a very interesting week just going ups and downs of if I should do something like I'll that bet. and um considering what what the value of life is I was gonna say did that bring up some like kind of gnarly <laughs> thoughts yeah it did it did it really does um yeah when you actually confronted with doing it yeah not just talking about it you're there ready to do it and yeah it makes you think about a lot of shit <laughs> fuck that's so gnarly yeah i don't know that i want to do the the skydive thing like yeah i've sort of gone back and forth and especially jeff like we've known each other so long we're such good friends like yeah yeah i trust him so much to do it but like i don't know i've just got like a bit of a mental block with it like why why like i've done a lot of shit <laughs> like you know i've done a lot of crazy shit yeah but it's like, I just don't know that I need that. I look at skydiving though. And to me, once you actually get into it, it's not as dangerous as people think. Yeah. Because what was happening with me at the times, I was thinking about getting my road bike license. I had my L's, but I was thinking about I'd getting... say that would be more dangerous. Yeah. Like, I'd so be more worried about you on a road that's bike. That's what happened. I had this conversation with my dad. I said, I'm either going to do road bike or go skydiving because I got this money. I want to do one of the two. And then he's like, don't do road bike. Because no. he, he used to ride bikes. He's like, no, you, you, you have to rely on everyone else. Whereas, like, if I'm doing a skill that I'm relying on myself, then I feel really comfortable. Yeah. But if you have to worry about other people, which skydiving can be like that, you can you do yeah. have to worry about other people as well. But, yeah. so You can avoid that, though. Yeah. And then when I looked into skydiving and stuff, if you, like, do everything properly and you check everything properly, you have two parachutes and, like... The chances of shit going wrong. I haven't, yeah. In my over just 220 jumps yeah i haven't had any problems in free fall at all like not even any mess ups the only time it's been a close call has been under canopy when i'm landing and somebody else has done something wrong and almost hit me yeah okay but other than that i feel i don't find skydiving as dangerous as a lot of people think yeah have you ever looked into doing like ultra marathons or like gnarly adventure races and shit like that i never thought i heard of it i never heard of an ultra marathon until the book which was a couple few days ago last week i read that so that's something to else to look into yeah because i feel like yeah like you've just got one of those crazy minds where like you could do that shit eh? and like i just feel like interested like genetically i feel like physically you Mm. could do it even like 
like no sleep have you ever done like no sleep stuff where you haven't slept for a few days like but on purpose like shit like that yeah where you like have yeah, to stay awake yeah yeah just shit like that like that was one of the things that i enjoyed about traveling like i've had some gnarly fucking traveling experiences with work where like we just didn't fucking sleep and we like but not partying no drugs nothing like that like we just booked these crazy fucking routes and then so like one time i can't i don't know if i've ever told this on the podcast or not but one time we flew from i can't remember whether they started in new york or we went california to new york but we went like california new york ireland uh so flew into dublin and then we landed in hamburg germany and then oh sorry then we landed in in berlin and then flew to hamburg and then we got to hamburg and we were supposed to film this rock concert mm the band that we were filming had their passport stolen in berlin so they were like hey we won't see you guys until fuck like brussels or something it was like three days so we we're like mm. fuck we got three days like we're not staying in um hamburg let's go to amsterdam <laughs> so well no we so we didn't decide that originally actually we we went we filmed the show we both got in and we were like just overtired, like in that weird zone where like you're not tired you're not um you're not awake you're just kind of floating in fucking weirdness and then we went to went to the concert got back to our hotel and it was just shit like it was so fucking dodgy Mm. and then we're like fuck it let's go to amsterdam so we looked it up and it was seven hours so we hadn't slept for like this entire international flight like maybe got a little bit of sleep on the flight or whatever and uh and then we drove from yeah from hamburg to amsterdam got there at like five in the morning on the autobahn the whole time like the car was fucking pinned and uh, and then we got there and then we we're like all right we're fucking tired like we need we definitely need to sleep it'd be like three days pretty much without any sleep mm. and um but we were both just like into it <laughs> we we're like let's just do it like, let's just fucking do it and then uh so then we we're like okay the challenge is done like three days we have to fucking go to bed so we booked in at this airport hotel and then we we're like we'll stay here and then we'll get up and we'll fuck around in Amsterdam for a couple of days and then we'll we'll meet him back in Brussels. Anyway, just as we get to this hotel, the band fucking calls us and says that the police found who stole their passports. Oh. And that they're going to be back in... Uh, so it wasn't Hamburg. The next show was in Cologne, which was an hour away from Hamburg. And they're like, we'll see you there in like nine hours. So it was a seven-hour drive back there. Oh. So we had two hours sleep in this fucking airport... Uh, like hotel deal yeah and then we had to fucking drive i drove pretty much the whole way i was fucked like (laughs) pretty much thought like pretty much was so tired that i just thought i was gonna stop like i was gonna die from just stopping (laughs) 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 i was just gonna hit a point where the lights had shut out and i'm done like there's nothing more and i'm fucking on the autobahn i was like I was like, drive. I was like, oh, dude, just go as fast as you can. So then you get like adrenaline, and then yeah. you've got a. So I, we had like a Volkswagen Jetta or something slow as fuck. This thing's just going, just top speed. And then we, um, then I had to get out of the lane because all like the actual fast cars would come past. It was freezing cold. We had the fucking windows down. I'm like slapping my face the whole time. Like, but it was it was one of those experiences where when it was over we were just well we got there and then we had to film the show mm. and then we, we just filmed the show like we were normal i went from almost thinking i was gonna die like the lights were just gonna turn off and then you push through it 
And then I just did the show like a normal person. And I couldn't even sleep when I got back to the hotel, like when we fight, when it was all over. And it was like a four and a half day, Fuck. like sleep deprivation exercise. And That's it was fucking insane. hectic to do it, eh? Yeah. But I feel like you're the kind of person that would be like into that weird <laughs> well, now shit. I'm, now I'm interested to see if I yeah. the last four days, yeah. Fuck, you do I've, like, it's weird when you stay up. Yeah, I've done like a couple of days where I've been like finishing a show late at night and then jumping on a plane to go somewhere because yeah. I always try to maximize my holidays. So I'd, yeah. and our shows always ended at midnight and you had to pack up and shit. So like doing that and then going to a place and not having I've done it where I've not organized accommodation, not been able to get yeah. accommodation. So I just stayed up all night and like did random stuff with friends um so I've, I've done probably like two days maybe two and a half days but i've never done it as intensely mm. i feel like one of would you have the problem of like not like almost wanting to do too much shit and then like having a hard time narrowing your focus of like what you want to actually do yeah 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 all the time all the time <laughs> if i book holidays i'm like I have to watch out who I do it with because I'm like, I want to do so many things. Yeah. And they can't keep up. Like, they're just like, oh, I'm tired. Like, let's just relax here or do this. And I'm like, oh, but I want to go here. And, but that happens. So, like, I just have to look at it and I'm like, I, I know I have so many things to do. And it happens, like, with my day-to-days. Like, yeah. I have a bunch of things I thought that I need to do. But I don't – sometimes I just let it happen. Yeah. Just the first activity I think of, I'll do that and just keep keep going. <laughs> so what uh, like with um work wise so, so you just save the money that you get from doing these shows and then you just kind of like live off that in between and like now you're working off you're using that money to fund now the stunt stuff so i'm very good at saving that i learned that from a young age um i always have been able to work and not spend much money yeah. so i do i spend money on these activities or whatever I was gonna say you're just like an activities person yeah experiences is my big thing I live out of two suitcases for mm. the last four five six years I don't remember two suitcases is pretty much my my thing I've had always like I've had a car but it's it's never been here using mm. it like it's just been I've had stuff random places but my sold life is in two suitcases and um things like food and th- and whatever I don't see the value some people do me I don't see the value in spending money I will never buy a meal out like ever ever I don't for me I eat so simple like mine are really veggies and stuff and if I was to buy that out it costs like four times the price if if, if they're making something that's like a lot of effort and I can't do it myself or um like they're putting in a long time to make this roast mm. or whatever that's different maybe i would spend money on it but if it's just like my typical diet i'm like i don't see the point in spending four like four times the amount for something you could just put in the the, the microwave for ten, yeah. a minute yeah so with food and same in the supermarket i just don't see the value in buying all the expensive stuff so i buy really cheap food and i eat a lot so i need to buy cheap food um so I've always done that and then with clothes I've just always looked after my stuff I'm not a shopping person I don't like to go out to the shops and just browse for clothes or whatever I just buy the things I need like workout gear and then it it seems to last a lot longer I'm not so worried about fashion and things like that like I like to look nice and I like to have definitely nice clothes and things like that but I'm not worried about keeping up with certain fashion styles or whatever and I also because I live in two suitcases can't have that Yeah. yeah 
it's kind of like minimal minimalist lifestyle yeah so i don't spend money on any of those things food and whatever um it just pretty much goes into travel um and activities and because i've been saving i've been able to sustain myself um and also like for example places like london i was i had friends that for the first couple months helped me crash with them mm. while i figured my stuff out and then found a place uh, when i'm looking for now that i've lived in china in a tiny room with sharing with somebody i don't need big space i don't need to spend a lot of money on accommodation so mm. I, i'm happy to go somewhere mind you i'm also not a person to be at home for very long i'm there to sleep usually so you can put me in a box room and i'm fine mm. like for accommodation I, I won't be in there but like i'll pay cheap accommodation rather than getting something that's like i have another friend who needs things a certain way yeah it has to be to a like a certain star or yeah everything has to be like styled or whatever for me i don't care about that is it hard for you to hang out with people then because like most people care about all the shit you don't give a fuck about (laughs) (laughs) it it is i just i've just learned to like keep my mouth shut because that's what they value and that's that's okay like i always give my opinion like if they ask for it Mm. but if they're um now i'm staying with some guys and one of the guys plans to buy five thousand dollar shoes for me i just don't see the point but that's what makes them happy so i don't see the point in like giving my opinion so those type of situations i just don't say anything and i just know that that's that's what makes them happy that's what makes me happy and maybe once they they do get those certain goals and they get over it and then they'll realize Mm. but if they ever ask me then i tell them my opinion but i'm not forcing it on anyone yeah you seem like you got a lot of fucking really crazy shit figured out for someone that's really young and you've had an absolutely gnarly life (laughs) Fuck, I'm like, I'm, I'm genuinely, I, I had no, like, I, I thought you were cool, but I just had no idea the stuff that you'd been through. And I mean, I maybe not many people know the stuff that you've been through, but like, with everything, the way that you've laid everything out, like, yeah, I just think you're in for like such a gnarly life. Like, it's <laughs> going to be cool to sort of watch, you know, go forward. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited for the future. Just having fun. Well, I appreciate it. Um, we'll wrap this one up Sweet. and uh, thanks so much and whenever you want to come back <laughs> you're more than welcome and uh, yeah I'm like really really excited to, to see what the future has for you awesome thank you so much I appreciate it it's been great just to be able to share all this yeah man fuck like honestly blown away like it's so <laughs> cool and like yeah I, I think that um, yeah I think that over time like it's cool too because a lot of people are um, a lot of people try to be inspirational mm for like inspiration's sake because it does feel good mm. it does feel good to like get that back yeah and it's very like i think that those people that are after that can only inspire people to like a certain amount there's like a ceiling on what you can do when you actually have the intention of like wanting to inspire people if that makes yeah, sense yeah yeah and it's something that um i look at someone like you and it's like you're not you're gen, you're just not trying like you're doing your own thing and even to the fact where you don't want to push your opinions on people mm. like even that's cool as fuck because it's like you sort of just don't have time for that shit <laughs> you know what i mean because it like takes energies to like get yeah. in an argument with someone yeah i like to stay out of out of any sort of negativity or arguments or anything like that it doesn't really go anywhere if, if somebody's got an opinion they it's pretty hard to change it and mm they're not like you can usually tell somebody's open to changing an opinion or not Mm. 
like when they're asking you then yeah they're curious to find out what you have but if otherwise yeah it's just too much effort energy for no reason yeah i know a lot of people that uh even my friends that i'm staying with they are very opinionated in certain ways um how old are they they're 26 27 yeah they're pretty switched on though they're like running businesses from home and stuff yeah um but we had a discussion i was i was just there i wasn't in the discussion about uh how your mind can actually heal you yeah and they're very opinionated on like if you have we were talking about if you have cancer if your mind can heal cancer yeah and i was there with a guy that's uh there's a guy there that was a doctor he was a boyfriend or something and um he was saying how he doesn't he can't just heal cancer with your mind you can make yourself better and stuff anyway these guys are so opinionated they're arguing there for three hours and i'm sitting there being like can we just fucking time change the subject nobody you can tell you could tell in the first 10 minutes no one's gonna change their bloody mind just move on so yeah i just don't like to get into that because you can tell but obviously if somebody wants to know something learn something that i can offer then yeah yeah no it's super cool it's a yeah yeah super humble very talented <laughs> and yeah you've got a lot of cool shit coming your way so i mean there i yeah like i said i knew it was going to be cool talking to you just based on like what i'd seen you do but just no idea how <laughs> fucking deep that well went down so yeah anytime you want to come back more, Thank than, you. more than happy really appreciate after the it. next adventure Dude, I'm keen. I'm back and tell the details. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Right. Thanks for coming. Thanks.